I'm comedian, writer, and filmmaker Chuck Staten from the punk band Senior Discount. And I'm writer and comedian Brad Rohr from the Providence Improv Guild. And this is the Chuck and Brad Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 511 of the Chuck and Brad podcast. I'm Chuck. I'm Brad. What's your what's your stance on uh, 511 versus 511? I was thinking that as I was saying it. Yeah, right. What's the stance? Uh, you, whatever you feel in the moment, whatever your heart dictates. Oh, you think everything's okay? Yes. Yes. I understand. Yeah. Um, I think it sounds. You know, sometimes you say the, and sometimes you say the. Yeah, yeah. There's that too. Yeah. Um, and I will say. So, so I, tell me, tell me what you think about this. We, I signed up for buymeacoffee.com. Yes. Basically what this is, is like, it's almost like if you're a creator of some kind where you make videos, podcasts, music, whatever, comedy, you can just sign up for buymeacoffee.com. I signed right. up for buymeacoffee.com slash Chuck and Brad. Yep. And people can go there and just like buy us a coffee, which is really donating $5 to us and just saying like, oh, I like the stuff you guys do. I enjoy that the stuff you guys do. It's a free podcast. Here's a way to support you. Right. Do you think that's weird? Because the only reason I did it is because there's a podcast I listen to called Daily Comedy News. Okay. And the guy did it. And he's like, you know, if you want to support me there, it's the easiest way. And it is a lot easier because it's not like Patreon where you have to set up a big thing or right. you have to subscribe to it. This is like you just go to it and, and donate. Um, and it's funny because I made it and right away, like, I think like three people donated like in like the first hour. Yeah. And... Uh, as soon as they donated, I'm like, oh my God, am I a villain? I felt so guilty. <laughs> it's it's tough because you want to be uh, compensated for for work. Yeah. In, yeah. In, I, I think about uh, when I did that that thing for the Beyond Wrestling event mm. and the guy offered to pay me. I'm like, no, no, no. I came down here and I read names off a list. Yeah. I'm standing with our friend Laura from Buns and Bites. Yes. And uh, I'm like, I don't need any money for this. This is cool. Yeah. But like, shouldn't you... Shouldn't you take money for any gig you do? Yeah, I know, I know. So I anytime somebody offers you money. Yeah, I know. I, it does feel weird to, to set this up, but at the same time, you know, we've spent quite a bit of money on equipment and server well, space. The, the and, time is the biggest thing, I think, too. Oh, yes. no, not for me. Um, my, yeah. my time is worthless. Yeah, buymeacoffee.com slash Chuck and Brad. Um, yeah, it's weird. I don't know. I, I figured I'd put it out there because it's so non-committal that if people are like, "No, nah, I'm not. I don't want to do that." They don't. Have, they didn't, there's no. Thing. No, no worries. And if they are like, "Yeah, yeah, it's fine, whatever," then they can just do whatever they or want. It's a very grateful to the people who have bought yeah, us coffees. Yeah, I tried. I've tried to make sure that I tweet a thank you to every single person that does it. And so far, I've been able to to be to to, to live up to that. So I'm happy. Um, so I wanted to ask you about something, and I we kind of talked about this in real life, but I wanted to say it for the podcast. Okay. The other day. So, okay, I'll put it this way. We have a friend named Michaela. Yes. Very funny, very jovial, very yeah. silly, jolly, cute. Uh, I think she's eight, eight, five. I don't know how tall she's she is. She's very tall, yeah. And uh, a huge butt. Like, like when she comes over, I reinforced I Did you know that I put an extra wood piece on my couch? Yeah. I reinforced yeah. it. Yeah, no, I, I, I saw you. Yeah. The hammer and nails. I yes. had the sweat. The sweat brow. Yeah, the, the leather tool belt. You know what else I had? I had the rolly thing where you roll under a car. Yeah. I wheeled myself under my couch. The mechanics creeper, yeah. Yeah, the mechanics <laughs> creeper. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, um, she's, she, you know, she's one of our close friends and she had surgery. And we're like, oh, Michaela's out of commission. She had some wrist surgery. You know, she does, uh, what does she do? She's an esthetician. Yeah. So she like, you know, 
what does she do? She does <laughs> a, a, lot, a lot of things, but included in, in her services, she does waxes and things See, like I that. I always say that she's bleaching people's anuses. Right. I always tell people that, but then she tells me like, oh, that's not true. I don't do that. Right. So we're like, oh, you know, she's she's moving her her hands around. It makes sense. I can hear your nose a lot right now. All right. Let me, let me move the mic. <laughs> I would move them like away from so, it's, so your nose isn't breathing into it. Why? I, I, what do you mean away? Like this. Like, like this. <laughs> you want, is that what you want? Is this what you want? <laughs> like this. Like that way, like my nose, my, uh, it's far away from it. Uh, oh, how do good. I sound? Yeah, pretty good. All right. Um, plug in the plug in the audio thing again. Um, we've had a we've had an issue where I could hear Brad's nose whistles recently. Oh, we're leaving this in, are we? <laughs> Just telling the audience. Audience. Anyway, Michaela does stuff with her wrist. So to me, this is my loose connection. She does repetitive movement with her wrist. That's right. her main job. She needs to get an operation on her wrist. Simple as that. Yep. Right? Don't know, don't know what the details are, just that uh, an operation is necessary. It t- makes sense to you? Yep. Makes sense to me. Yeah. So she is like, oh, yeah. And then after she gets her surgery, I ask her to hang out once. And she's like, oh, yeah, like, I can't really, like, my hand, my wrist is really in pain. I'm like, all right, whatever. I ask her to hang out the next week. And she's like, oh, yeah, I can't really, like, it's hard to even get dressed. I'm like, okay, that's weird. Yeah. And me and you were talking, and we said... You know, it's Saturday. Let's bring Michaela like a treat of some kind. Right. Because she's home. She just had surgery. Want to cheer her up. Let's go to a new coffee shop. We went to Java Shack in Dartmouth, Massachusetts. That's correct. Got a great caramel macchiato. Highly recommend. And a great uh, avocado toast with fried egg on it. And we said, let's bring her a caramel macchiato. Go to her house. She tells us the extent of her surgery. Here's what she had done. Has nothing to do... With repetitive motion. No, no. It's not like it's a ligament strain or anything. It's basically like because she's like a, a My Giant version of a person. Right, Remember right. Remember that movie? Yes, Billy I do. Crystal? Yeah, George Mirson. Mm-hmm. Because of that, what bone is that? Is it, I don't know if it's your radius or your ulna. One of those. From your elbow to your wrist. Yeah, well, I, aren't there two bones there? Maybe. Yeah. They opened up her arm. Yep. Peeled back all the muscle. Peeled back all the ligaments broke like sawed through her her muscle her her bones right there shaved a piece to make them shorter and then screwed them back together then reattached her muscle and ligament or maybe even just put them back and they grow and they attach themselves and then stitched up her arm yep isn't that so fucked up it really is but is on 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 the flip side isn't it amazing that we have the technology to do this of course of course i think that yes of course i think that but, oh, my God. How do you, you know, if you were like, all right, uh, you're going to be the first guy going through this surgery. And you're like, all right, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a brave guy. I'm happy to go through any surgery. Well, here, this is Give my, me some ether and put me under. This is my question. Yes. You're working at work, your job. Yep. You're writing and you're like, Work ah. is what I'm called. Yeah. Like, my wrist is really sore. Yep. Happens, happens, happens. Like, I should go to the doctor. You go to the doctor. The doctor's like, we need to give you a, a, a bone crunchyotomy. And yep. you're like, oh, well, detail it, please. Yep. <laughs> Elaborate, sir. <laughs> and he goes, here's what we do. And he explains that. Yep. Would you do it? Yeah, of course. You would it, do the bone crunchyotomy? Is it going to relieve my pain? Then why wouldn't I do it? Oh, You and I no. have both had limited approach discectomies. We had our backs cut open and little pieces of our discs cut off. Hold on, hold and, on. And, and eschewed, thrown to the wind like so many lifesaver gummies. <laughs> 
That's true. Hold on. Limited. What was that? Limited approach discectomy. What does a limited approach mean? That that it's it's not a huge incision. Yeah. Me and Brad both had the same uh, spinal surgery years ago. How? This is my question. You and I were both in like tremendous amounts of pain. Oh, yes. Right. Crazy, right? Yes. So you were if, you were addicted to painkillers. I was refusing them. <laughs> no, were in, you? In some misguided no, I was uh, I was not uh, I I was not taking I didn't get the strong ones. I didn't get the good ones. I didn't know that I was addicted. Yeah. See what happened was I was taking I was taking them exactly as prescribed. Right. Then I got my surgery and the day after surgery I felt so much better that I t- stopped taking them, but then I started having withdrawals withdrawal symptoms. Right. And I realized that I was dependent on them, but I just stayed off of them and whatever. Right. So I didn't know I was addicted. Um, is Can it be addiction if you only take something as prescribed and you just stop one day? Yes. I, I mean, like your, your body is physically addicted to it. Okay. Yeah. A physical dependency. Right. So what did you take? What did I take? I, 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 you I took t- Percocet? Yeah. I took oxycodone. Hydrocodone? Oxy. Okay. No? I, I don't know. I, I, took, I took whatever the, the least powerful prescription pain reliever is that's what they gave me and i was taking i like think tylenol basically with, with codeine yeah, yeah. Uh, i was taking i think one every six hours and man they last about four hours i'll tell you that oh, yeah exactly yeah. Uh, i think there was one day that i'm like i'm in so much pain and i took two and i was just loopy really oh i was i was out of it oh i never fell out of it anyway brad and i both had this but here's yeah. my point you and i were both in like tremendous incredible amounts of pain right um so it was almost like it was hard to even imagine the surgery being more pain. Right. Right? Yeah. And also, I will say, to be fair, our surgery, I'm sure yours was described the same way. They were like, hey, there's no nerves in your disc, so it doesn't hurt. Um, no, I, if, if they did say it, I, I don't remember. It was 21 yeah. years ago. It, it is, you know, our, the surgeries we didn't have didn't hurt. Mine was really risky because they had to lift up the nerve cluster at the base of my spine and operate under it. Right. Um, so that was risky. But it didn't seem like the the... the recovery was going to be painful right so here's my question how much continual pain would you have to deal with to put up with a ton of surgery healing pain oh all right so it's like the trolley problem except with years of pain so one track is one year of of a lot of pain and the other track is you know well right now okay you, you you have stiff hips is that right oh yeah they're terrible what if they were like we're gonna do this operation to your leg the yep. same one you did to Michaela. Yep. We're gonna slice We're gonna open peel everything leg, back, saw it. Peel it, saw, saw it, it. Sand it. Sand it. Uh, staple it back staple together. It back. Yeah. We got a mechanic scraper. Yep. We're going to go under we got it. got a headlamp. <laughs> we're, like, we're like Captain Toad treasure tracker. Why does my doctor have grease all over his face? <laughs> um, I don't have any means to pay. Um, it's the beginning of porn. Okay. You're the, you're the girl. But, yeah, um, but what's the grease have to do? <laughs> no, no, no. That's separate. Just, oh, okay. Just different. Building, okay. Building, got it. Got building. it. Got it. Would you do that? Yeah. Oh! You got to take the, the short term, no no pain, no gain. You got to take the short term pain for the long term. No matter how much pain term. it is? Ah, it's, it's weird because if, if they're like, this will- If the inc- doctor said to you, yep. listen, this is going to be the, this recovery time is going to be the most pain you've ever felt in your life. He's, he's almost discouraging it because it's so painful. <laughs> well, I, I, then I, I guess, I guess, I, I guess look at it. How long is, is this post-surgery pain lasting? She said, they said that she's going to take a, a year to fully heal. Right. But like the pain itself. Uh, probably, probably five weeks. Okay. Versus 
what, what, like, what's the, like, let's say the same as your, your hip pain. Yeah. So if, if right now I have a a comfortable, like, let's call it 25 years to live (laughs) and, uh, I'll die shortly after I retire. Oh no. Yes. Then, then isn't, isn't even six months of, of pain worth 24 and a half years of not that pain. And I can focus on the different pains of my body and, and soul. What if they said it has a it has a fifty percent chance of working? Ah, uh, this, this is getting tougher. Seventy five percent chance of working. Seventy five percent chance. I'm still I'm still rolling those dice. Sixty percent. Uh, <laughs> it's you know what? Oh, by the way, and the doctor's like, and by the way, don't forget, most pain ever. He's like, I wouldn't get this surgery. Yeah. No matter how much anyone begged or pleaded, I would never get it. I think at this point, I'm doing it despite the doctor. <laughs> Which is why I make most of my medical decisions. Operate on me. Yes. No, just, 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 just give me the, give me the scalpel. I'll operate on myself. I love the doctor. Which one is a muscle? Discouraging you from getting the surgery that he recommends. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. It just, doesn't something seem too invasive? I have a question. How about this? Yeah. What if they were like, listen, we somehow. Oh, good. Your teeth are connected to your hip. Okay. You have to pull out four of your teeth. Which four? Uh, not going to affect your beautiful smile. <laughs> I don't. Okay. <laughs> I don't know that I have a beautiful smile, but thank you, doctor. But wouldn't would, wouldn't that change it? Would you get your teeth pulled out? I, again, I I think. Oh, you're fucking nuts! You're goddamn. Well, first goddamn of all, <laughs> your hypo your your hypotheticals are so out there that it's hard for me to take them seriously. <laughs> You're going to you're going to lose four teeth in this hip surgery. You might as well say like, "Hey, you're going to forget every geography fact you know." If you get this hip surgery. And I'd be like, "I don't need to know where Africa is." It's not so much I guess what here's what I'm I thinking. can relearn that stuff. To me, some some surgery stuff just seems too invasive. I will say, I guess if you're going to get a major surgery where they're like, "We're going to break your bones and sew them back together and whatever they're going to do to them, cauterize them back together. Um, I think it's a metal plate, but yes. I guess you would want it in your arm. Yes. Because your leg you're standing on. Right. So it's not affecting the way that you actually, like you're not like, well, I have to walk sometimes. Right. Um, It's not like, you know, I, to, to me that some of the worst stuff you can get is like your throat, your mouth. Yep. Because you're always, excuse me, swallowing. Drinking and swallowing, yeah. Drinking, burping. Talking. Um, maybe even like your back obviously is kind of yeah. hard cause you gotta everything's balance. Yeah. I think about the people who are like, oh, I broke two ribs and it hurt to like breathe yeah. or, or laugh. Yeah. And that would be a, a real struggle for me. Wow. I just, I, I, it, for me like saying like, oh, like, oh, you know what? I have, a, I have a consistent nagging pain in my shoulder. Okay. I think it's from reaching forward with a mouse all the time and doing like, okay. uh, doing, uh, you know, editing and stuff like that. Yeah. And it hurts a lot. And like yeah. I, when I, I cracks all the time, I have to be careful not to, because I used to, I think it's one of my problems. Whenever I have to lift a bunch of bags that are heavy, I'll put everything on my right shoulder. Mm. I won't even put anything on my left shoulder. Yeah. And I'll just carry it. And I have to be careful to remember not to do that. Yeah. Um, but if they were like, we can fix your arm by doing that surgery to you. I don't, I can't. It's so hard for me to picture myself saying yes to that surgery. I, I think at some point in my life, I'm going to need like big, crazy surgeries, right? Like, like an open heart surgery or, or a, a, a lung removal. I that doesn't I, seem I, as bad. Wait, open heart? Open heart. Open heart. They have to crack you open. 
That does that exist? Yeah. I think it doesn't exist. It still exists. It's it's not as common as it used to be because mm. now they can get in to your heart through through different ways. And yeah, okay, maybe you're um, right. Maybe you're right. But you know, it's it's less common that they like you know slice down your 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 oh. sternum and cut up in your breastbone to get oh. to your heart. Um, does but, it make you weak in your knees when you talk about this stuff? Yes, it makes me weak in my knees. Um, let me ask you this. Yeah. Middle school, high school. Did you do any dissections? No. Okay. Did you? Yes. Oh, we, we, you. Seventh grade, we did an earthworm. Okay, it's not so bad. It's a little gross, but like Are not so dead? bad. Well, now, yeah. Natural it's, causes? It's been years. How well, do you find dead earthworms? Well, you know what? I I, I don't know. The, Although, I guess if you're going to kill we, an earthworm, the idea that it's intact <laughs> is a little strange. You know, I don't know if it was natural causes. We found a suicide note and a gun. <laughs> But then somebody pointed out, first of all, how did the worm write the note? Secondly, how did it fire the gun? Oh, let me read this. I feel lower than dirt. <laughs> Such a dumb, that was dumb. It really is. Might be the number one dumbest joke on the podcast. Probably not. Uh, <laughs> I geez. wish it were. Uh, and then, all right. And then we did a frog. Hmm. And uh, that was not awesome. Um, I'm going to wait until you're, you're done sipping your tea. Cause I don't want you to, to, yeah. uh, spit, take it all over. Yeah. So, you know, we have the frog and, and we slice it open. By the way, the tea is nice and hot this week. Good. I came over yesterday. I put it in your microwave and set it overnight. <laughs> just when I got a here. Nice, a nice, a nice, nice microwave warm. slow cooker. Yep. Um, so we, we cut open the frog and we're poking around at its organs and, oh, and our, our teacher, sick. our teacher is like, Hey, like, make sure you, you cut through the breastbone. I'm like, we did that. Like, clearly we use the scalpel. We cut it down. And she came over and she's like, you guys didn't cut through the breastbone. And she takes a pair of surgical scissors ah! and she cuts and it makes a snapping sound. And I almost threw up. Uh, another guy in class, Jeff, uh, I think he, he like threw up into his mouth a little before that expression oh, became super man. popular. Jesus. It was, it was disturbing. And that was when I was like, I'm not you're cut fucking, out. I'm not cut out for medicine. I like, that was when I knew that, that it wasn't for me. I did one dissection. Okay. And it wasn't a real dissection. You ever do, you ever hear what, what an owl, owl pellet is? Yes. You know what that is? Yes. It's basically like an owl swallows so much like debris. It's almost like um, a bird building its nest. So the, the owl sw swallows, swallows, sorry, owl swallows small sticks pieces of hair, feathers, it, sm it swallows this stuff and it creates inside it like this little like, almost like a big poop, but right. not made of poop. It's made of like debris, like right. hair and feathers and stuff. And it eats like mice. So it has a lot of fur and hair. Yeah. Poops out this owl pellet. We dissect the owl pellet and it's full of mice bones. Right. And we had to reconstruct a mouse. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Make a little Terminator, uh, undead mouse. Nice. Dead mouse. Anyway. Mm. So... Uh, I did that, but that's not a you know, animal dissection. You know, my lab partner went on to become a DJ. I yeah, that's right. Uh, but yeah, that's not a real dissection. Yeah, no, it's not. I just I don't I couldn't. It's the opposite of a dissection. You're putting something back together. Did you have a big freak out before you had your spine surgery? Yes, uh, but had... but at that point, I was in so much pain that I was like, if I die on the operating table, it is an improvement over what I'm feeling right now. Okay, that's how I felt too. Yeah, because of how much pain I was in. Yep. But right before I went in to get operated on, when they gave me the... They were IV, like, hey, just a reminder, uh, if you die, you're going to hell. And you're like, what? And they're like... No, no, I, I repented. Um, that you tried to repent, and they put the gas mask over your face so you couldn't... <laughs> the pri the, and the, the priest is like, what are you saying, Chuck? Would oh, your, wait, I can't would your hear thought, you. Would your thoughts count in that? Can, uh, you know, it depends what religion you are, but yes. <laughs> I was going to say, come on, what if I'm in a coma? Um, they put the IV in, 
And I basically had a full-on panic attack about how serious this surgery was. Yeah. And in the movie 50-50, Joseph Gordon-Levitt gets this uh, cancer in his spine. Right. And right before his operation, he just goes into like a full-blown panic panic attack. Yep. And I can't even watch that part. It just makes me like weep. Wow. Because I'm connected to it because it feels exactly the same. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think it was that bad. I think, uh, you know, it was a thing where they're like, don't eat the night before... Yeah. And then my parents drove me up to Rush Presbyterian Hospital in uh, in Chicago, and it was a thing where it just took so long to get processed, and I was in so much pain, uh, like because they're like, "Oh, don't take any medication or anything." So I, uh, I, have no, I don't know if they told me that. And uh, and so then I went in, and they're like, "All right, now you're going to get your IV for your your anesthesia." And uh, they tried my left hand, and they couldn't get it. They tried my right hand, they couldn't get it. Then they went back to my left hand and I could feel, I could feel liquid running down my arm me too, me too. and I'm like, oh, that better not be blood. And they and they didn't say anything. And I'm like, oh, it's just IV fluid. And he wipes my hand down. And I'm like, okay. Oh, I think you meant inside your veins. That's no, no, this was outside. And then I, I'm like, okay, well, he wiped all the IV juice off. Chuck has his hands over his ears right now. I can't, I can't. And I pull my hand up and, and it's, it's refreshingly free of IV juice. And then I look and on the side of my middle finger, it's just blood. So my hand was just spurting blood. Uh, but they, you know, they did the surgery. They, they, they uh, cut the offending part away. It wasn't pressing on my sciatic nerve anymore. And, uh, you know, within 24 hours, I was like, I can't believe how much better I feel. I felt weak because I, I, I hadn't been up and around. I, I did not. I, I remember you coming to the party that <laughs> night. <laughs> I, I swung open a screen door Yep. and I was just like not thinking. And I'm like, yeah. it's the best day. Yep. And I had the big wound in my back Yep. and I forgot the screen doors they swing right back, baby. Yeah, they sure I, do. I walked in right into like the, the handle was like sticking into my wound. Yeah, that didn't really stick into. This my was wound. uh, but this it was, did hit me right in the wound. My mine was it was the year two thousand. So like laptops, phones, tablets, not a thing. Um, wow. Or at least we didn't have a laptop, and we didn't have a phone. No. Um, but I remember I was like, oh, I can finally go upstairs and check my email, and it was a bunch of well wishes from like people at school and people at church oh, and, and things like that. Uh, over the past five weeks that I hadn't responded to oh, yeah. because I could not physically get to a computer. It would I would, be so I, funny if yeah. it's all the people wishing you well, and then as time goes on, it's like, hey, listen, I'd love a thank you. I'd yeah. love to hear how you're doing. There's no response. Like, hey, I, I, offered you, to, I offered to bring you some lunch and you didn't respond. So, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, no, every, every, oh, everyone was very sweet to me. Uh, oh, and I appreciate God, it. No, man. Yeah. Any, so anyway. So yes, I would have Michaela's surgery. Yes. Oh, wow. I don't know. It's so tough to... I'd, I'd have it tomorrow if they were like, hey, it's going to improve the quality of your life for 25 years. And I'm like, oh, my bones feel fine now. They're like, come on, just let us do it. I'm like, okay. Oh my God. I've, I've got Break a... Break your arm and put it back together. I've got 179 sick days saved up from work. Oh, so like... Jesus. You can't play any video games. That's <sighs> it's tough. Yeah. For, wait, for how long? 25 years. Wow. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't know. Five weeks, I guess. Yeah, I'm probably fine. Yeah, it's tough. I don't know. I just, I couldn't believe that she had that surgery and it made me like, whew, make me weak in the knees, baby. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm glad she's going to be okay. And I'm glad yeah, gonna you won't have to think about this after a couple more weeks. Oh my God. Really? That's the that's important what matters. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Before we go any further, we got to thank our sponsor uh, this week. We're, you know, we took, we took a while off of sponsors because of coronavirus. We felt bad asking people for money. Right. Now... We're back in the fat cat business. I know, Brad, I noticed you wore your monocle and top hat to the podcast tonight. Well, where else am I going to wear it? I got to say, those rings are a little gaudy. And that cane, uh, <laughs> is it made of gold? Uh, it is platinum. <laughs> 
you're disappointed. I yes. thought it was gold. Yeah. Um, our sponsor is Staten's Landscaping, uh, my family's landscaping company in Rhode Island. So if you're in Rhode Island or you know part of the East Bay, specifically in Rhode Island, uh, give Staten's Landscaping a call, 401-247-2227, or write us at statenslandscaping.com. That's S-T-A-T-O-N-S, landscaping, at gmail.com. Um, but yeah, we're, we're a landscape and design firm. Um, we've been around for, I think, 41 years. Is that right? I don't know. I believe, but yes. Well, we it, talked about it last week. That's why yes. I asked. Um, I don't remember because we recorded at three in the morning. Yes. My dad uh, started the company and um, yeah, it's been super successful. And I think my dad was kind of, I didn't realize this like growing up, but I kind of realized it now he was kind of like, I guess a big influence in terms of me believing I could be like, oh, I want to do something right. and just kind of take the reins and like make it happen. Right. Um, and he did that uh, with a landscaping company. About 40 years ago. I don't know if it was 38 or 41, but um, yeah, Sands Landscaping, great company. Our reviews speak for themselves. Look us up on Google. Check out the reviews. But uh, right now, you know, we're going into the spring season. It's kind of an important time. Um, We're doing a big fertilization program. We're setting it up for the year. Right now, we have organic programs, mixed programs, lots of different programs. Um, And we specialize in, obviously, landscaping, masonry planting design, stormwater management, grading, lawn maintenance, site work, tree pruning, irrigation, and lawn fertilization. So if you need help with any of that stuff, contact Staten's Landscaping in Rhode Island. That's statenslandscaping at gmail.com or 401-247-2227 or statenslandscaping.com. Perfect. Um, but yeah, and uh, you know, you might even talk to me. I work there one day a week still. Yeah, but it varies week to week. So yeah. it's like, you know, it's it's like press your luck. Yeah, right. You for might, pa- you might past- get Chuck or you might get a whammy. <laughs> for the past 12 years, I've gone from that being like my main job down to whittling it down to like one day a week where most of my work is creative work with film right. and, you know, podcasts and stuff like that. And um, it's coming. I think it's coming to the end. I got to be honest. Yeah. I hope so. For like for your sake. Yeah, it's getting there. But uh, Stan's Landscaping, we appreciate it a ton. Uh, great company, grew up with it, and uh, it was a big part of my life and continues to be. Nice. Um, all right, so we got some emails, and we did not read these emails last week in the podcast. Because we were busy talking about WandaVision. Yeah, because we're going to do a whole episode about the entire season of WandaVision. We said some people that are listeners, if they're not into WandaVision, they won't listen to this episode. It'll be kind of its own thing. So we didn't want to read any emails on that episode and then have people be like, oh, yeah, I didn't listen to that because I haven't watched WandaVision yet. Whatever. When was the last time we podcasted before that? Uh, fe- February 23rd, maybe? Something okay. something like that? We can't have this many podcasts, can't this many emails, can we? Holy shit. All right. Get, strap in, Brad. All right. Hang on. Click. All right. Got quite a few emails. Um, My strap is twisted. Yes. All right. Here's the emails we have. First one. Daniel Desmond writes in and says... Dear Chuck and Brad, I really enjoy the Joe Para Talks to You TV show. Oh, it's great. Which is in that show we talked about a couple weeks ago. And I would love him to be on your show. What would you think if you unleashed the Chuby Army and the Ants, the Tell Him Steve Dave listeners, uh, to reach out to him on Twitter? He has a smaller following and it might be a better chance than Brady TSD. Thanks. A hashtag that was used recently. Um, you know, I work with uh, Tell Him Steve Dave. That hashtag was used in conjunction to get Tom Brady to come on T-E-S-D, a.k.a. Tell Him Steve Dave. Um, I mean, did you reach out to Joe Para? I did. I, I sent one email, and I'll wait, and I'll follow up with it, another email in the future. Yeah. I appreciate the the idea of our, our Chuby, uh, Chuby fans mobilizing. Yes. Uh, Chuby's, of course, being the official name for uh, Chuck and Brad fans. Yes. Um, 
I don't want to do that to Joe Para. <laughs> Some someday maybe we'll mobilize the Chubby Army. I don't know if there's that many people no. in our army. Nope. So there, a couple. There, there might be a couple. There's some loyal soldiers in there. Yeah, we, we appreciate a few loyal soldiers, renegades. Um, but appreciate the idea. Brad would also love to have him on. I'm really interested as well. So uh, Brad is Brad's on the case. Let's yes. say that. Yeah, we're working on it. So, but we appreciate that very much. Uh, another uh, email from Eric. Subject line, hot tea. Oh. Hey, guys. Another recent follower of the show after the TESD history series brought it to my attention. Just finished listening to this week's episode, in parentheses, Montezuma's Revenge. Ah, uh, yes. That ended with the trials and tribulations of Chuck T. Temperatures, which uh, we're talking about the fact that I'll fill up like a travel cup mug at my house, and it'll stay hot for like six hours. And it's like way too hot for me to drink. Right. Uh, he said, my wife had a similar problem where her tea was always getting cold since our kids seemed to team, seemed to time every attention-eating requirement based on when she made a cup of tea and would never drink it fast enough to stay hot. Okay. That's the other side of my problem is that sometimes I just take the... It's basically either I have a travel mug that stays hot for way too long and it's still full by the end of the podcast, or I make it regular in a regular cup like I'm drinking tonight and I talk and talk and talk and talk and you by the time I sip it do again, you ever. it's too cold. Yes. Last year for her birthday, I found the Ember line of mugs, which has helped her keep her tea hot until she could finish it. Ah. The Ember mugs are smart mugs that once charged can keep the contents of the exact temperature you set them to be for a couple of hours. Wow. Enjoy the show and all the TESD Patreon videos. Keep up the good work. Thanks, Eric. Wow. I had no idea about this. Did you? Yeah, I I, I did not, but it makes sense, right? Yeah, I think that does make sense. Let me take my tea now and see how it works. All right. I hope it's the right temperature because I... So far, so good. Oh, yes. Um... Maybe I'll look into that. So what do you think the tea temperature is right now? Oh, I have no idea. If it's like pretty warm. Is it? it so my body temperature is 98.6. Yeah, probably approximately. So what do you think tea is if it's comfortable to drink? You think it's like 98? Well, no, it's got to be hotter than your body, right? Because it's hot tea. It's got to be like 120. I know that the McDonald's coffee was like 160, which was way too much. That sounds right. The the uh, the McDonald's that scalded that oh, poor let, woman. Let me, let me pour that on my generous. All right. And then... <laughs> And then take pictures. Pictures. <laughs> what a weird. Oh reference. God, these look terribly. They're malformed and scarred, I and you're feel, like, I feel fine. Yeah, and you're you're like, I haven't. Those were the before those photos. Those were the before pictures. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, all right. Well, maybe I'll do that. Maybe I'll look right into it and I'll figure it out and see if I can set my own tea temp and uh, have it perfect. All right. Other emails. Buy me a coffee. D.A. Desmond bought you five coffees. Someone bought you two coffees. Excelente. Oh, Hector, our fan from Texas, wrote in. Oh, yes. Hector uh, recently wrote in when Texas was going through their big uh, freeze. Yes. You know, everything froze. And he was telling us how uh, it kept him laughing through that. And we really appreciated it. And he wrote back, um, Chuck and Brad, the episode was a great one. Now I'll think of Chuck if I get an onion ring in my fries, which is a reference to uh, what you called like a lucky, a lucky Chuck, a lucky state and something like that. Yeah, I don't know. Super happy that you're spiritual lifted with my email. I, I really mean what I said, and I hope I can find an excuse to write it again. Have a great weekend, guys. Now I'm going to go find some Oreos, because we were talking about Oreos. Yes. Awesome, Hector. We're glad, we're glad you're uh, you're out of the deep freeze. I bet it's really warm in Texas by now, right? Are they yeah. all done? Uh, I think I think they're done with the freeze. I, I don't know how, if it's really warm, but I think uh, I think weather's coming back. All right. Another email That's from... That's right. Weather's coming back. That's what I said. <laughs> well, you mean warm weather. Yes. Email from Robert, who wrote in with a shirt idea. He wrote another shirt idea, Chuck and Brad. I haven't been creative in many years. You guys seem to have inspired me. I've been having a ton of fun coming up with these ideas. What I'm really trying to do is add t-shirt design to my resume. Let me know what you think. Um, 
And he wrote, he, he basically sent in a design and it says the Chuck and Brad podcast in the Ninja Turtles font. Like, Ooh. you know, Chuck and Brad is the red yep. uh, podcast where it's turtles. But then the back, it says hunting turtles since uh, 2.30, which I think is a reference to our first episode with our turtle hunting, wow. which is our yearly hunt for the uh, universal monsters based Ninja Turtle action figures. Yeah. That's really cool. That's a great idea. A great idea. I've, I love the idea of the Chuck and Brad podcast, Ninja Turtles artwork. I wonder if we should put an inside joke, though, like the right. hunting turtles part. I, I think for our first shirt, I think it needs to be more general. But I, I have, I'm not opposed to this being shirt number three or something like that. Shirt number two is for the spinoff Brad podcast. Yes. It's just Brad. <laughs> the Bradcast. Yep. Um, just, I'm just... Letting him know we're reading It's this. just, uh, you know, just me interviewing other Brads about how great it is to be a Brad. That's definitely in my head, though, Robert, the idea of the Ninja Turtles uh, logo used for us. But I wonder how we would use it. It's funny because one thing I realized about the Ninja Turtles, because for a while I was like, oh, could we have Ninja Turtles of me and Brad? It's tough because the Ninja Turtles have, like, no noses. Right. It's hard to do, like, figures of, of regular people. Right. Well, you can do Dracula. Yeah. Because it's so many body... Ish, you know, not body issues, body, uh, no, he traits. had, he had body issues as well. <laughs> he, did, he had body. Yeah, he did. About he did. his, uh, pale complexion. Yeah, right. He's like, ah, oh, I gotta, I can only go out at night. Mm -hmm. Sunburn too that's easily. That's why he, that, people think he can only go out at night because he would get hurt. Yeah. Just a choice to hide his, the kids he wanted to hide his pale face. Yeah. Um, also tonight, so we were on a game show right before this called quarantine, the game show on zoom with people in Chicago. Yes. And there was a part where they showed us how the game thing, was, the game like show was gonna look, and it was a picture, a still picture of everyone in their Zoom cameras, but you had walked away. Yep. And I wanted to make a joke about how I always knew you were a vampire. Oh. But uh, there wasn't a pause in the conversation. Yeah, that would have been good. You said I looked like a living hill. <laughs> you, you just uh, did I during don't know why. during the show. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's all right. You just did. I don't it's know. okay. Um. No, I, uh, I've always wanted to use a Ninja Turtles logo and maybe make me and you as Ninja Turtles. Yeah. But, it, yeah, it's just the fact that their faces are so hard to morph. It just yeah. makes it so it's like, could we make one look like me and make one look like you? I don't know if we could. No noses. No. It's, it's really it, tough. Yeah. I'm going to give that some thought, Robert. I appreciate that. All right. Um, let's see. Adam Carroll wrote in. Chuck's T. Uh, Adam's a good guy. He wrote in a message for the last day at the stash documentary okay. that I made for Tell Him Steve Dave. And out of, I don't know, a lot of videos, his made it in. He was very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for when you're good with words like me? Eloquent. He was very eloquent. Yep. Uh, Chuck, here's my approach to keeping your hot beverages, beverages at the right temperature. Get a good quality travel mug. Which you have. I highly, highly recommend the Zojirushi... S-M-K-H-E-48-B-A. Mm. I have the 16-ounce version, and I love it. Great quality with a really nice form factor, very secure lid that doesn't leak, and most importantly, keeps things hot for a very long time. I'm talking like four or five hours. I actually had the problem that it was keeping my coffee too hot when I first got it. My mouth seems to burn easily. So what I do now is add he's my got, hot He's coffee. got a vampire mouth. Right. Yes. So what I do now is add my hot coffee and leave the lid off until it gets the temperature I life and like, and then cap it. Oh. So I would have to make it. Say, hmm, and sip, 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 sip for a little while. Get to the point I like it. Then I cap it, and okay. it does trap it, Yep. but at the right temperature. That's, that's a good Maybe thing. Maybe like 160 degrees, like Brad said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then just pour it straight on your genitals. <laughs> Why did you do that part? Or did it spill? It spilled. <laughs> Why did you say it like that? <laughs> because it was the dumbest question that's ever been asked on the podcast. <laughs> 
<laughs> I wonder what would happen. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it shows you. Mm. <laughs> this is my hypothesis. Back when I was going into my office, I would add my coffee, leave the lid off for about 10 minutes, then seal it, drive 45 minutes to work, then sip it from about 7.30 to noon. By noon, I would say it was reasonably warm. Maybe not as H.O.T. hot as Brad, Ugh. but definitely not cold. As you can tell, I'm very passionate about hot beverages. Here's a link to the mug I have. Wow, it looks like a cool mug. Nice. It is a cool form factor. Jeez. It looks like... Uh, it looks like... Uh, what's it called? The Auto Blows. Remember? A German sex toy company sent me and Brad these machines, that, these robots that give us blowjobs. And it looks like that. Remember that? I never opened my auto blow, and you know it. <laughs> you went through both of those. <laughs> oh my god! I worked over those auto blows. I know. You know, like how like you watch those old max matches of Mick Foley, like getting thrown into barbed wire and explosive yes. rings. Basically, I was Mick. I was Terry Funk. Okay. And those auto blows were Mick Foley. Got it. Um, you ever see the beach scene in Flavor Prior Ryan? Yes. <laughs> That's basically like one auto blow is walking around looking for like the cap of it. No, uh, your auto blow is safe and sound. I, we were going to give it away. Yeah, we're uh, going to give it away at a uh, like a live show or something. We should still yeah, do that. But yours has never been opened. Yeah. And they gave me a handy travel uh, uh, handle for it. Oh, a handle. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Hard, it's hard to control. Yeah. I got to say, you know, we don't talk a lot about sex toys. We do not. <laughs> but man. We try not to talk about them at all. <laughs> when you're around, the topic keeps coming up. I got to say. Like where they are now, the auto blows now. No yeah. offense. Who made the auto blow? Uh, the the guy who was investigated for having human remains in his possession. That's not a bit, guys. Yeah. This this guy, per, personal friend of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we really did talk to the guy directly. We did. He was the president of the company. He sent us these two auto blows from what Switzerland, Germany, Germany, and then. Every, they found all these bones in his house, and he was boiling these bones. Remember that? They found bones boiled. Yeah, but it was before he sent it, before he founded the company. He was investigated <laughs> no. for, like, improper use of human remains. Yes. <laughs> no, I think that... No, I'm 100% sure, because we... I we, thought it was after. I thought we avoided having to review them because he got investigated for boiling bones. No, no. I I, I think... Uh, I, I do not think that was the case. I do not think that was the timeline. The bone, The bone boiler? Yeah, no, I think the bone... But wow, that is a, a tongue yeah, twister, huh? Uh, bone boiler. I think that happened well before he, he even started the company that created the auto blow. So I, I, in, my, in my mind, he was, uh, you know, Whoa. on law enforcement's radar before he started associating with There's us. There's a new one called the Automobo, <laughs> and it's made for Tesla's. And it's a robot that gives you a blowjob while Tesla drives you to work. <laughs> Wait, is it Tesla? Is that what it's called? What's it called? I don't know. Yeah, is... Tesla. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. was thinking of Elon Musk. And the, but yeah, it's about Tesla. <laughs> no, no, turn it off. <laughs> I can't believe they're saying automobile. Oh my God, this guy is, this guy, I gotta say, this guy looks like he's living the life. I, I imagine he is. He can afford a Tesla. <laughs> And an automobile. Oh, well, I think if you can afford a Tesla, the thinking is you can afford it. It's connected I, to the ceiling. Good. Anyway, uh, the auto blow. I'm appalled. 
the auto blow seems like it was manufactured in 1967 at this point. This thing, you have to plug it into the wall. It basically like rattles the walls of my house when I try to use it. It's just like yeah, but it didn't. It didn't when you initially got it. At this point, though, <laughs> no, I swear to God, it's on its last legs. It really, it really is barely functioning. Um, but Adam Carroll, did he did he suggest we get auto blows? Why did I say that? Uh, no, oh, I no, I believe he just thing. yeah, he just recommended a nice mug. <laughs> Oh yeah, so the mug he recommended that looks like a current, like what an auto blow would be today. This auto, our auto blows, you gotta hold them with two hands. It's basically like a large pizza. It's crazy. This thing, it's huge. All right, all right, keep going. I just, I, you know, yeah. All right. Well, I'm glad the design on his mug is is either phallic or or yonic enough. Yeah, to warrant your attention. He's a good guy. Yeah, Uh, a guy named Robert wrote in. Hey, Chuck and Brad. That's he, us. You know, his uh, subject line was newer listener. Hey, Chuck and Brad. Love the podcast. Jumped on after listening to the TSD pods. Wish I knew this was known to me before. So need to go back and listen to some old ones. Any recommendations? I should check out any classics. Anywho, love what you guys do. Brings me happiness during times I need to laugh. Chuck, next to Walt, I love your laugh. Thank you, Robert. And I think Robert has reached out a bunch on Twitter and Instagram since then. You do have a memorable laugh. Mm. Some would say it's like if a hyena and a witch had a baby. Yeah. With the auto blow. Oh, yeah. Well, while using the auto yes. uh, from Ryan, he took him, Brad, you may remember me. I've emailed in before. I'm Ryan from Melbourne, Australia, Melbourne. Just listen, just listen to the new episode number 509. And one of the emails you made me want to know, uh, you got made me want to know, Chuck, what bands have you toured with before? Oh, and who is your favorite to tour with? And which bands would you like to tour with in the future? Not sure if you've spoken about this in earlier apps, still working my way through the back catalog. Cheers, Ryan. Um, so let's see. Um, let's, uh, I mean, basically, so I have a band named Senior Discount, uh, we're a punk band and we started in 2004 ish. And it's funny because the word tour is interesting. Um, we haven't really gone on like a full big tour, right? but we've traveled around a lot of the Northeast of the country and played in like, you know, obviously Rhode Island, obviously Massachusetts, Connecticut, New York, Maine, Vermont. I'm trying to think. He played in New Hampshire. New Hampshire. Yeah. Oh, there's another weird one. Ah, oh, man, there's a bunch of states. Yeah. Many a state. Um, Pennsylvania, right? Yeah. Smiling Moose. Yep. So, many of the states over here. Um, and the thing is, it's mostly like one-off or weekends. So, like one of the weekends we did was with Krista Makes from Less Than Jake on the Chicago solo tour. We right. did Rhode Island and Boston or around yep. Boston. Um. And it was him, uh, Ryan from Catch-22, and J-T, J-A-Y-T-E-A, who was from the Arrogant Sons of Bitches. They were doing acoustic, and Senior Discount was playing full band. You know, we've played with Big D in the kids' table many times. We've played with Street Manifesto, Catch-22. We played uh, when Sum 41 did their anniversary tour for Does This Look Infected. We did the uh, small room at the House of Blues uh, to open the show, kind of. Um, you know, we played with the it's DJ. Very, it's a very rainy night. It was extremely rainy. Um, you know, we played a bunch of shows with the DJ, this mashup DJ Girl Talk. Those are probably the biggest shows we ever played. I think the biggest show we played was like 3,500 people sold out of the House of Blues. We actually did a podcast episode about that. Yep. Long time ago. Um, well, that's, you know, I wanted to talk about the, the question before of some of our favorite episodes. Oh, yeah. We'll, and, we'll, yeah, we'll get to well, right, the thing. Is, right. I, okay. I'll yeah, talk, we're, we're, we're going to time together. Well, I'm going to tell you in a second what, yes. I, what I think about that. Um, but uh, so, you know, Girl Talk, um, 
it sucks because off the top of my head, I'm like, I know we played with the Street Dogs. We played with Dark Buster. It's funny because now it's like getting foggy to me. Right. Like I used to have you, this. You, uh, you farted on Sting's son when he was playing in the band <laughs> Fiction Plane. I remember that. <laughs> we got a call one day. Leftover Crack. And they were like, yeah, Leftover Crack, one of my favorites. The Ataris. The yeah. Ataris. Um, they were like uh, Lupo's, this venue in Providence. was like, we opened for, uh, what was it called? What was the band called? Was it Twisted? The Bravery? Oh, okay. Oh, it's not thing about Sting's son. Oh, Fiction Plane. No, no, no. The Bravery was... Oh, the, 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 the headlining band? I, I don't know. This was before Brad was uh, around. I don't remember the headlining band, but it was... Uh, they were like, you want to play this show? And we said, sure. And Fiction Plane was on it, and it was Sting's son, which I didn't know. And uh, I was one in the corner near the stage, and I just like farted because, you know, I'm a man. I'm going to fart once in a while. Um, uh, women fart as well. Yeah, I know. And then Sting's son came and just like stood in my fart. Ooh, do you think he knew I farted and that was like his thing? Well, we did a big bit about Sting's in, like Sting oh, getting mad podcast. at you. Yeah. Oh, me baby boy. Yeah, like, yeah, and, that's yeah. right. We did a whole thing in the podcast where Sting calls me up and chews me out yep. as a joke, just as yep. a bit. But uh, we played with Anti Flag. Yep. We played with the Gym Class Heroes, um, Boys Like Girls. Yeah, the Bravery, it's listed on our bio. Uh, Gutter Mouth. We did open for Less Than Jake in Connecticut as yep. well. Uh, the Ataris, Leftover Crack, A Wilhelm Scream, The Street Dogs, Zox, Biggie and the Kids Table, Dark Busters, The Swingin' Utters, Rehab, Mickey Avalon. Ooh, is Street Love Manifesto in there twice? Uh, Street Love Manifesto, the, Bloody Ho- the Bloodshot Hooligans, The Loved Ones, MC Lars, Suburban Legends, Pat and Pendering, The Toasters, The Pilfers, and uh, Chuck Reagan I played with, Acoustic. I remember that. A lot of shows. Um, and uh, Vans Warp Tour. Oh, yeah. Warp Tour. I feel like there's other weird stuff too. The oh, the Mighty Mighty Boston's. Yep. This can the Skankin and Crankin Festival. Yep. A lot of shows over the years. It's tough because, you know, just laying it on the table for a long time, the band was my main thing. Right. And it was all I thought about, all I worked for. Like, you know, maybe maybe we'll talk about this someday. But my life was like, I'm going home. There, we're doing these shows coming up in Rhode Island, Connecticut, Boston, whatever. Um, we're working on these new songs. We're going to promote at these other shows and pass out flyers and pass out CDs and demos and get our word out for this. So we're going to work on a new video to spread the word. We're yep. trying to talk to this people about working with us to put out new songs and record new music. And that was my life like 24 seven. And from 2000, I guess maybe like 15 or maybe like 14, I guess whenever, I don't know. It basically it started being less and less and less and more about comedy and filmmaking and right. stuff like that. And it kind of took the place of it. And uh, when we got signed in 2018 by the drummer of Less Than Jake to Paper and Plastic Records, you know, by that point in time, it really became clear to me that my band, which I love, Senior Discount, I love the band, but everyone in the band, I think, was, was like, oh, we're not going to be able to make careers out of being creative. Right. And... So they kind of treated it with that level of uh, seriousness. But I was like, no, no, no. I want to have a career being creative. And so I kind of had to move more towards stuff that where I could control 100% of the commitment. Right. Uh, and so... <clears throat> that's, why, that's why you do this podcast, because it's just you talking <laughs> to yourself. No, no. I mean, no, I mean like... But the podcast isn't like we're like, oh, someday we're going to be like, we're going to make money podcasting. But I had to work more towards filmmaking. Well, I got to pay for this platinum cane somehow. That's true. Um, But it was tough because I could tell like there was that. And then I'm not, I don't want to say who this is. I kind of don't even want to give that many details about this part. But 
someone that I really love and respect. Hello. In a very, what a band I consider to be incredibly successful. Pasty Brad and the Coppertones. Selling out multi-thousand capacity venues across the coast for decades. That person still needed a day job to live. Yeah. And I was like, well, if that person at that level yep. still needs... To work at UMass Dartmouth. To work at, to work somewhere like that. How can I ever expect to have this be my full-time job? Like, right. What level do I expect to be at? Plus, we're paying, playing punk rock that was popularized between 1994 and 2005 or 2006 right. or whatever. You know, um, I love the band. I love playing live. I still want to do that stuff. I still want to play live. I still want to... I'd love to come up with new songs. I'd love to play more shows. I still want to do that. But for a long time, it was like that was what I believed in. And then slowly, things chipped away at that. And obviously... Tom leaving the band, Sousa leaving the band, all that stuff really changed all that stuff. And then eventually you get to the point where it's like, it's hard to even get us to like practice two hours a week. Right. And so it became like, well, this can't really be my focus. So I think some of that really <clears throat> is painful for me. Yeah. And so sometimes I try not to think about, sometimes I push it away, like the thoughts in my head. It makes me sad, but that's yeah. the truth. I push it a little bit away thinking about how much I love that. I thought about it yesterday. I thought about, I'm like... I'm like, we used to come up with stuff at practice and run through a set and be like, we're going to do this song. We're going to do a variation on this breakdown. We're going to do this little cover piece. We're going to work this into it. Right. Like, remember we did Lincoln solo? Yes, I do. We opened a show with uh, We Will Rock You yep. with our bassist on like a big marching drum. And our guitarist came out of a balcony at this venue with a, with a, dressed as Abe Lincoln. Yep. And a banner dropped that said Lincoln solo. And he did the solo to We Will Rock You. We would do that. And then more than a couple times, happened many times, get to go do that in front of like thousands of people right. who were like screaming and going crazy. Yep. And that was fucking crazy. Yeah, that was great. Like I was thinking about, we were, I was listening to the Greatest Showman soundtrack and I was like thinking about Greatest Show. This is the Greatest Show. Because I think that's a metaphor for art. Join my circus. I don't want to join your circus. Yeah. And I was like, man. Like those nights were those nights at Lupo's where we would come out and it would just be fucking ridiculous. Yeah, that's fucking crazy. Anyway, uh, we had a lot of fun. There's a million stories. I mean, I think the Girl Talk show at the House of Blues in Boston yeah. that was sold out is probably the craziest one. Um, but there's a lot of stories out there. Favorite bands. I mean, Big D kind of became really nice to us. Me and Brad had a big sit down with Dave McWayne from Big D. Right. It was really nice. We never get to play with Real Big Fish, which is one of my main influences. But Brad and I did get to like get to have a personal relationship with Scott from Real Big Fish. Yep. And two of the current horn players from Real Big Fish. Yep. Johnny and uh, Matt. We had yep. they had those two those that multi part podcast throughout Rhode Island and Connecticut that we recorded with them. Um, lot of lot of great times and a lot of crazy stories. Yeah. You know what's crazy? There's so much footage of like backstage going to shows, playing shows that just never got anywhere. Right. Um, but there's a lot and I hope to still, I hope to still play a lot of shows. I mean, this past year has been obviously weird. Right. Um, but coming back from coronavirus, I still hope we play, you know, a bunch of good shows. And yeah. And while play. you were doing all those awesome shows, I was having judicial meetings with students who, I don't know, mooned somebody. And I'm like, Hey, you were on probation. You just mooned somebody. I'm supposed to kick you out of school <laughs> for a moon. I'm not going to, but right, I'm supposed to. A couple times. Yeah. I have. How many times? Four? Yeah. Maybe five? Sounds right. Yeah. For the Christmas medley. Yes. But uh, bands I'd love to play with, I'd love to play with No Effects, although I feel like Fat Mike would be mean to us. 
Um, Fat Mike agreed to be on our podcast. Yeah. It just hasn't happened yet. He lives in LA and I, I don't love Zoom interviews. Yeah. Um, Real Big Fish I'd love to play with. Obviously, Blink-22 and obviously Green Day. Those are two of the big ones. Right. Rancid is a huge one. Suicide Machines is a big one. Um, I was just thinking about the fact that I love Dancehall Crashers so much and I've never gotten to even see them live. I'd love to play with them. But a lot of fun music stuff. Yes. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so a lot of stuff. Yep. But uh, thank you, Ryan, for writing in. Right. As for the classic episodes from Robert. Perfect. Here's what I'll say. The reason I kind of glossed over this is because I want to take the time later to kind of go through and look and write him a list. Right. It's hard to... Th- Do you have any off the top of your head? Top of my head, some of the big interviews, the the Chris DeMakes interview, yeah. uh, I really enjoyed that. And that was kind of our first time interviewing like a nationally touring musician. Yes, that was, that was our first bigger interview. Yeah. Um, you know, the Halloween... Ep- any episode we've done with Ray, I've enjoyed... Uh, but specifically Halloween 2019 is one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. And then if you go way back, it would have been probably 2016 uh, was, was is everyone just lonely all the time? And to me, that was us taking our normal, like, let's joke around about pop culture and then like, let's look at an actual phenomenon yeah. and, uh, and kind of discuss that and how we interact with it and how it affects us. And um you know, and I've told people numerous times since then, I'm like, oh, the, a wise man once said, you can't cure your own loneliness, but you can cure someone else's. Who's that? And, and they're like, who's the wise man? And I said, Chuck Staten. <laughs> and they get so mad at me. Yeah. That was uh, actually pretty good, though. That's very good. Yeah, it's pretty good. So, uh, so yeah, it's uh, that those are the ones that come to mind immediately. You know, and, and our Christmas games episodes have mm-hmm. been fun. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, a lot, lot of good stuff. And, it, yeah. So, yeah. I have some thoughts. Yeah. So on our podcast, chuckandbradpodcast.com, because we have so many episodes, we knew it would be tough for people to just be like, oh yeah, I'm going to start listening. So if you look at the top of our podcast page, right in the middle, it says new to the podcast, click here. And if you click there, it gives you a very short history of the podcast. But then at the bottom, it says, where do I start? In quotations. And it says, Chuck and Brad are pretty good about explaining everything they bring up in the podcast. So new listeners never feel out of the loop. But here's a list of episodes that might be a fun place to start getting an idea about the show. And I have a list of some of our favorite episodes. Um, and it has Halloween 2018, you just mentioned. Yes. Which is you and I and Ray. And even though it's not Halloween, I think that is one of our funniest episodes. Yeah. Um, it has number 373. Oh, by the way, three, 386 is Halloween 2018. Okay. 373, Chuck goes to Vulgarthon. Yes. That was around the time that we started the Patreon for Tell Him Steve Dave. So we were still figuring out exactly what we wanted to do. And so I went to Vulgarthon without an exact plan of what to film. Brian told me to go. I went. And that's where I kind of talked to Kevin Smith for the first time about what I was doing with Tell Him Steve Dave. And we filmed like three or four different things for Patreon. But it was just kind of a fun behind the scenes of filmmaking episode. That's 373. Uh, 367 was Snob versus Cobb Jurassic World, where Ray came on and we yep. just argued about uh, Jurassic World. I, I felt like a, a, a child trapped between warring parents. Uh, number 359, the story of Casey Jost. That's we had a great, great interview with Casey Jost in New York. Um, number 364, Paul Cuffey and the Wendy's debate. Oh, my goodness. And it's a look back at this argument I had at a Wendy's drive through as well as a talk about Paul Cuffey, who is a historical figure that is not super widely known. Uh, 272, Chuck's petty print shop problem, which is, eh, it's an argument I had with a man in real life that ended in some uh, lies being spewed about me. Fun story. 
Uh, number 286, the Friday the 13th series, episode one and two, where we detail the entire Friday the 13th series. Number 293, Chuck and Brad's Christmas match, Christmas games. Well, this yep. is a lot of stuff you mentioned. Yeah. Number two, number 253, is everyone just lonely all the time? Uh, number 378, TESD filming and Brad's bidet misadventure. Uh, that was a really funny one. I had to explain to a friend... Uh, Thursday, last Thursday. I'm like, oh, I'm not a bidet guy. We we recorded a podcast about it and everything. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, number 124, Chuck and Brad go speed dating. Oh. That was a fun one. Oh, yeah, it was. The high five girl. Oh, my we're, God. We're, we're like, we wrote down one word about her. And I think mine was lunatic and yours was maniac. <laughs> That's right. And then uh, number 341, Gibby the Thanksgiving Goblin, where I wrote a, I wrote a story about a Thanksgiving mascot. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of stuff. The Green Jello saga, number 115, about us having a fight with another band. Too much conflict count. for me. A lot of conflict. Uh, but a lot, a lot of a lot of fun stuff. So there's, a, there's there's too much to list, but I'm going to take the time to look up these, kind of think about it further because we've had a lot of episodes since then. Right. And write back to Robert and give him a, a good list. Nice. All right. Let's see what else we got. Um, all right. So newer, newer listener. That's that, that was that last one. Yeah. All right, Daniel T. wrote in. Uh, he wrote, WandaVision et al. What does that Ooh. mean? Uh, like, um, And more? Kind of, yeah. Basically, like if, if you and I and Gina and Rosie, my cat, authored a paper, mm. and when it's cited, it would be like Staten et al. Mm. So it would be like, and others. Right. He wrote, first off, I love the idea of merging the MCU and the Sandlerverse, which is the thing we brought up last week. If the events in WandaVision had been revealed to the machinations of little Nikki, I would have cashed out all my investments and put it in Disney stock because they obviously have my deserve my money. I don't think fake Pietro was the FBI informant referring to WandaVision. Wow. I think that was the MacGuffin. And that's that's a theory that, you know, different people are saying might be true and different people are saying it might not be true about the show WandaVision. So it's not even like a spoiler for the show because it's something that basically people think may be revealed in the future. I think that was the MacGuffin to bring in Jimmy Woo. If it were important, if it were important, I think they would have mentioned it again. I'm okay with that because Randall Park is great. I would 100% watch a Jimmy Woo show. I agree. I think Randall Park is an excellent actor. Very charming. As far as using Evan Peters, referring to WandaVision, referring to the fact that, uh, you know, Wanda's brother, Quicksilver, showed up in the show, but it was not by Aaron Taylor Johnson, who played him in the Marvel Universe. Previously, it was by Evan Peters, who played him in a different film series, the X-Men film series owned by Fox. Right. As far as using Evan Peters, I have to assume either Aaron Taylor Johnson declined to come back or Kevin Feige didn't want him back. I'm not sure his appearance is leading up to anything, X-Men related or otherwise. Maybe talks fell apart with ATJ, and it was too late to write Pietro out, so in spitballing who to play Pietro, they came up with Peters. I mean, if they had to have Pietro in the show and it couldn't be ATG, is it better to use Peters or some ATG lookalike? That's a good call. Yeah. I never thought about that. Yeah. But I wonder, ah, it's just tough for me to be like, to believe that he wouldn't come back. Right. Right. It really would have been logical for Doctor Strange to show up, wouldn't it? A giant hex surrounding an entire town not far from New York, and then a major battle between two witches. You'd think that would attract his attention. I think the MCU is starting to run into the problems comics have always had since they tied their con- continuities together. If Spider-Man is fighting the Juggernaut in the middle of Manhattan... How come the Avengers of the Fantastic Four don't show up to help? Why is Green Lantern fighting an alien invasion off Earth when the whole JLA could be backing him up? Ultimately, I'm glad he didn't show, and the focus was kept on Wanda and the Vision. 
Wow, this is too long and I had more to get into. I'll say that for later. Best, Daniel. P.S. Brad wanting... Brad mentioned wanting stories about ordinary people in a superhero universe. You guys have to know about Astro City, right? Nope. PPS. The second Brad mentioned Joe Parra talks with you, I thought, oh shit, why did I recommend that to him? It seems so obviously up Brad's alley. I'm hey, glad hey, someone did. Yeah, a different podcast listener did. Um, so, what's the deal with Astro City? You don't know about it? I know nothing about it. Wow, I don't know anything about it either. Why don't you look it up? All right, I'll look it up. Um, I think we have at least one more email. Time out. Oh, we don't. That's it. That was our last email. All right. And I found Astro City. What is it? Uh, it's a series of comics that's bounced around between a couple different publishers, uh, a lot of superhero stuff. But specifically, uh, they have a, a volume, a, a trade paperback, Astro City, volume 15, Everyday Heroes. And just the description here is the son of a superhero must choose his future. A lawyer faces challenges far beyond any human court. Mm. A long forgotten villain has a chance at finding new glory. And a cat may be the difference between life and death for a frightened child. Heroes, dot, 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 all around you. In Astro City, where the general public walks side by side with heroes, villains, monsters, and more, the ordinary and the extraordinary are never far apart. Mm. From tales of villains, heroes, bystanders, and even house pets, acclaimed creators Kurt, Alex, and an all-star gathering of artists invite you to discover the lives beyond the costumes and the human side of the superhuman. That's cool. Yeah. That's really and that's cool. that's that's something I'm super interested in. So I guess I'm going to start reading Astro City. Dude, I'll go it. all the way back to 1995. Yes. Well, thank you, everybody, for emails. If you ever want to write into us, uh, it's chuckandbrad at gmail.com or go to chuckandbradpodcast.com and find the email link. And, you know, I mean, I don't know. If you message us anywhere on social media and you say, hey, can you read this on the podcast? That'd be cool to talk about. We'll do it. Yeah. On, on uh, Instagram and Twitter, I'm at Discount Chuck. And I'm at Brad Rohr. That's B-R-A-D-R-O-H-R-E-R. All right. All right. So let's see. What do we got for topics this week? Um, well, I started watching the show Murder Among the Mormons, which oh, is the show yeah. that I was talking about a couple weeks ago. Yeah. I had no idea really what it was about from the trailer. It just looked cool. It's a documentary series on Netflix about the fact that basically, I guess there were some unearthed like tomes that contradicted the beginning of the Mormon religion. Mm -hmm. And as they were being talked about and passed around among higher ups in the Mormon church, people started bombing the offices of people who were going to decipher them and see what they mean for the church. Wow. And killing. They were killed. Yeah. So I've only watched the first episode, but man, it's pretty gripping and uh, obviously very well done. No surprise there. Um, but really, really, you know, give it a watch if you're into stuff like that. It's, it's kind of like a true crime documentary, but man, is the story, you know, compelling. It's, re it's, it's really cool. All right. Um, I like it a lot. Um, you watched Boss Level, is that right? Yes, uh, it is a a time loop action film directed, yes. written. Uh, it was written by by two guys, like story by these two guys, and the actual script was those two guys and the director Joe Carnahan, Carnahan. who's directed Smoke and Aces, the Gray, the, the A Team, Stretch, uh, a lot of action movies that Chuck and I enjoy. All, mm -hmm. I, there there are a couple others, but those are the ones that come to mind immediately. Mm -hmm. And uh, and so Boss Level is a, a guy is trapped in a time loop. And like getting better at a video game, you keep dying and, until you learn what's coming next. You learn the patterns of your enemy. So if he has to fight a machete guy first thing in the morning, how does he get past the machete guy? Mm -hmm. And, you know, he it's Frank Grillo is the main character, yeah. plays the main character. And, uh, you know, the idea of you kind of rehearse these action scenes over and over again until they're second nature mm -hmm. uh, is super interesting. Yeah. My one gripe with the film uh -oh. is that is that he it doesn't seem like he goes through enough attempts 
to get through a full day of these maniacs trying to kill him. Yeah. Uh, before he succeeds. Like in my mind, he should go through like thousands, yeah, of, like yeah. multiple thousands of attempts yeah. until he gets it all perfect. Yeah. But uh, that's not the case. But you know, it's an enjoyable action film. Definitely. Like if, if you're, if you're like, Oh, I want kind of a lighthearted action movie yeah. that isn't going to make me like question my place in the universe. Right. Perfect. Perfect yeah. watch for that. Yeah, I really want to watch this. I just didn't get a chance to this weekend. Yeah. Um, but I really, really do want to watch it. Um, cool thing I discovered this week. Sometimes there's like new uh, funny Twitter accounts. And I gotta, I gotta say, since the dawn of Twitter for me, there hasn't been that many that I like love and look forward to. Did you ever right. read Modern Seinfeld? Yeah, I you know, I, I would see it when people retweeted it. I, I never followed it. For me, I tried to keep... I, Twitter to people I know and celebrities that I'm interested in. And over time, those celebrities have changed. Yeah. Yeah. I really like the little, I like the, you know, like the modern Seinfeld. I just liked the, the character limit was like perfect to do, you know, three storylines of Seinfeld and yeah. how it ties together. Um, and there's little ones where people really take the format of Twitter and they turn it into like a great uh, place for something funny. Uh, another one recently has been Jurassic Park. Yep. And it's, it says Jurassic Park to go, you know, number, yeah. number two, Geo. And it's basically the idea of someone running Jurassic Park poorly. Yep. And that's the whole thing. It's them tweeting as like the business account. But there's a new one that popped up this week that's really funny. This thing is hilarious. And it's it's called, I mean, the name of the Twitter is uh, Burger King and then in parentheses Unchained. Okay. And the Twitter handle is Indie Burger King, I-N-D-I-E Burger King. And it says, we are the last independently owned Burger King in the U.S. We bow to no master. We will drink the blood of our overlords. Try our chicken fries. Nice. And it's a count on Twitter. You know, they've posted a bunch of times. says 23 so far. And basically the idea, it's obviously a comedy account. It's under location. It says parody account. Okay. Um, and it's basically just jokes about, I guess, a guy who owns the last independently owned Burger King in the country, obviously with corporate stores, like with, uh, with like, you know, big corporate chains, some stores are corporate stores, which are more owned by the company, right? Like right. McDonald's and some are franchise stores, which are owned by an individual and they kind of get to choose, I guess, what they take part in. Yeah. A little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. You have a little more leeway with the franchise yeah. depending on your franchise agreement, but yes. Right. And so this is kind of playing with that idea, I guess, that this is the last franchise store in the country. And so they make up all their own rules. And that's the joke behind it. And right. it's awesome. Nice. One of them is, it says, uh, being independently owned means our great team gets to make our own decisions about our store. We don't have to adhere to our corporate requests of Big Burger, Burger King. Need proof? No burgers today. Just tacos we got from Taco Bell next door. Come quick. They're getting gross. Nice. I love that. Uh all a right. great thing about being independently owned means we get to control where our food comes from. All our chicken fries are locally sourced. They're the losers of our in-house cockfighting ring. R.I.P. Clucko. Oh, poor Clucko. And they just continued it. One of my favorite ones. It's a picture of the new uh, Burger King Oreo shake. And it just says, if the pictures come out from our company Christmas party, I may be forced to resign. Come try our Oreo shakes. Oh, okay. And it's, it's just so funny. I love it. Indie Burger King on Twitter. Um, I can't get enough, but there's some, there's some comedy accounts over the years that I've added to like my notifications. So I just see them whenever right. they come up. It's funny. Cause there was another couple of them. Oh, it was, uh, Adele's boyfriend was one of them. Remember I, that? I, I don't remember that at all. Oh, it was so funny. Modern Seinfeld and Adele's boyfriend, probably of our two top ones, but the new Jurassic Park one is great too. And now Indie Burger King is super funny. Um, 
I wanted to talk about the fact that there's a guy, very special guy, great dude named Malcolm Ingram. Oh, I thought it was me. <laughs> I, did, I did see you like warmly smiling. <laughs> Clearly, Chuck is is, is uh, giving me an introduction here. I'm going to receive a Lifetime Achievement Award. <laughs> Malcolm is a great guy. Um, he did a podcast in the Smodcast Network um, with his mom. I think it was called Mo and Glow. And there might have been a subtitle as well. Mo and Glow something. Um, and he directed Small Town Gay Bar. He directed uh, he directed a few movies, and he kind of became involved with Kevin Smith, the director that you know I work with. Tell him Steve Dave, they're connected to Kevin Smith. I work in Kevin Smith's comic book store, um, and uh, Malcolm has worked with him for years. And for the last couple of years, he's been I think people know this. He's been shooting a movie about Kevin. That's like a documentary about the life of Kevin and the influence he's had, and it's called Clerk. And it's funny because we were actually shooting together at Vulgarthon couple years ago in jersey in 2018 i was shooting for tell him steve dave and he was shooting for the kevin documentary nice um by the way clerk is a great name for this film right yeah and finally they're having their premiere at south by southwest which i guess is online this year okay but they just dropped their trailer for the first time publicly this week so you can check out the trailer for malcolm ingram's clerk the documentary about kevin smith waltz in it jason muse is in it Scott Moser's in it. Everyone you expect to be in it will be right. in it. O'Halloran, everybody. All our buds. Yeah, I, I did the soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, yeah, except for Brad. Um, where's my interview? <laughs> yes. Uh, it's just me, like, dressed to the nines. I'm ready. I've got my, <laughs> I've got my cane. All my rings are, sh- are shining. Yes. But Malcolm's a great guy. He's been really kind to me. And, uh, you know, his, his movies have been awesome. And this looks awesome. So I can't wait to see it. And he kind of said, if you can't... I think the way that they're doing it at South by Southwest might be that you have to buy a full festival pass to right. see it. And he's like, don't worry if you can't see it at South by Southwest. It will be coming to more places soon. Stay tuned. Right. But everyone go check out the trailer for Clerk. It's widely available. Um, you'll be able to go check it out, um, especially if you like that View Askew stuff. It's, it's, it looks awesome. I'm very excited for it. Yeah, and what else? Uh, this week I went to uh, The District and Dolores, two new restaurants in right. Providence. I shouldn't say. I don't know if the, how new The District is. Uh, the district was really good. I really enjoyed what I got there. I went there Friday night with Gina. Kind of get to like get some more like light stuff. I got like a weird alternative salad that was delicious with uh, roasted sweet potatoes. And then Dolores is a new, is a newer Mexican restaurant in Providence. I went with Jordan, my longtime friend, and Gina this weekend, and it was awesome. If you like Mexican and you're around Providence, Rhode Island, go check out Dolores. We got some delicious stuff. The skirt steak I got was excelente. Um, great time but it's funny because i was like man we're still in that time period where like we're not quite doing that much stuff yet right you know those are my those are my big things of the past two weeks it's like i've been editing i've been working on videos i'm working on three tell them steve dave videos two of them are done i'm i'm working on a third one right now before i go down this weekend for the grand opening of the secret stash and we do some more stuff um i don't know what we're doing this weekend yet exactly but we'll see and uh yeah, I've just been working a lot, and yep. that was kind of my my days out. My days out were basically going to Dolores, the district, and Java Shock Check with you in Dartmouth, Massachusetts. I uh, I mean, I had my my poker night with friends from college uh, on Poker Stars, and I may have mentioned that a little bit when we were recording the Wandavision uh, episode. Uh, my big meal was I went to Cumberland Farms, a gas station chain around here, and I got a, a rib sandwich, and yeah. I microwaved it at Chuck's house. Yes, that's it. That's that's, that's my meal. It's my um, exciting meal. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, we do have some movie news. It's pretty cool. What's going on in the world of movies? Check out this. Okay. From GameSpot. 
Neil Patrick Harris movie, 8-Bit Christmas, starts production. Oh, I'm intrigued by the title. Production has begun on a new video game movie starring Neil Patrick Harris. The movie, 8-Bit Christmas, takes place in suburban Chicago in the 1980s. Okay. That's where you grew up. Yes. Similar. Wow. Christmas in Chicago. Remember I keep saying there's all these Christmas in Chicago movies? Yep. With a story that focuses on a 10-year-old boy's epic quest to get the best video game system for Christmas. The movie is being produced by New Line for HBO Max. Uh, the film will offer a humorous, humorous and heartfelt look back at the adventures of childhood. Um, the story centers on a kid named Jake Doyle, who is played by Winslow Fegley. Uh, Harris plays the adult version of Jake, and he also narrates the movie. Um, Steve Zahn is in it. The screenplay was for Ape Christmas was written by Kevin Jabowski. I'm trying to look for some actual information about what the story is. No release date. No, no, no release date. No, uh, not, not no release date. No information about um, kind of really what it's about. But mm. I love the idea. Like just the title. Yeah. Eight bit Christmas. Right. I'm into it. How about this from GameSpot? District Nine sequel in the works. Yes, District Nine by Neil Blomkamp. Oh. Who also did Elysium and Chappie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, director Neil Blomkamp. Blomkamp has announced on Twitter that a District 10 screenplay is being co-written by himself, Charlto Copley, and Terry Tatchell. Uh, they previously collaborated on 2015's Chappie and this upcoming film's predecessor, 2009's District 9. Love it. If you haven't seen District 9 and you like like sci-fi and thrillers and action stuff, what? I love District 9. Or just South African accents. Oh, yeah. Charlto Copley plays Vickers Van de Verde. Oops. And uh, it's, yeah, I, I love District 9. As Me a too. Film. It's yeah. so good. It's so cool. It, feel, it really feels like an independent film. Yeah. Uh, also from GameSpot, Slasher Classic, cl- Splasher Classic, Silent Night, Deadly Night is getting a reboot. The classic 80s horror movie, Silent Night, Deadly Night, is being rebooted. It's been announced a new version of the controversial seasonal slash will be released in 2022. Um, that's pretty, did, have you ever seen Silent Night, Deadly Night? I have not. I have not. I think it would scare me too much. But we should, we should throw our hats in to, like, well, let's play Santa Claus. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I feel like it was about, like, I don't know. I feel like it was about, like, a kid who maybe, like, went into an insane asylum. Maybe I'm thinking of Black Christmas. I watched it in, like, when I was in my teens, so I'd be happy to watch that again. Uh, a little bit more movie news. GameSpot. Face Off 2 will be the definitive sequel, not a reboot, according to director. Interesting. I don't know... <laughs> I, I, well, I'm interested to see where they can take it. That's all. Director Adam Wingard's upcoming face-off movie has been called a lot of things. A remake, a reimagining, a revamp. However, during IGN's Fan Fest, he came out to the record straight. It's a sequel. Wow. Um, I love face-off. To me, that's like face-off starring Nicolas Cage and John Travolta is a seminal action movie in my Interesting. heart. Interesting. Okay. Love it. Directed by John Woo. Um, but the idea of doing a, a sequel 25 years later... Is quite strange to me. Uh, we'll see. You know, I don't want to write it off. I, I do have a bunch of question marks over my head. But again, like, should Chuck and Brad take over the roles from John Travolta and Nicolas Cage? Yeah. And should Chuck and Brad exchange faces? Right, of course. Yeah. I'd love to do that. Oh, my God. The, the trouble I'd cause. Um, so one I, thing I, I would w- hate to do it. <laughs> one thing I wanted to talk about. Yes. Hot button issue. You ready for this? Uh, barely. Um, the whole Mr. Potato Head, Pepe Le Pew, Dr. Seuss thing that's come up in the past couple weeks. There have been a lot of things. What's your take on this horse shit? I think you summed it up. 
pretty well right there with one word. We're doing, you know, we're, we're in this, in a funny time right now because, you know, what this is, let's lay this out, obviously, so people can kind of understand where we're coming from. People are obviously very divided. There's basically like, you know, liberals versus Republicans. And it's funny because I will say up front, don't you feel like it's a little bit weird to just be like, I'm a hundred percent bread blooded this side. Yes. Isn't that weird? I do think it's weird. Like, you know, me and you are both pretty left leaning. Yes. There's not too many things politically or, or socially that we really disagree with right. each other on. Um, and we're mostly liberal left leaning people. I, I believe in rights for auto blows. <laughs> like someone wrote me one time who was like a Republican guy on Twitter and he's a listener of our podcast. Yep. Very good guy. He wrote to me, he said, I just want to know, like, you know, no disrespect. Why do you like Joe Biden? Or why do you, you know, support him in terms of when they're, when he was like running for president and right. stuff like that. And I was like, the reason that I'm supporting Joe Biden is because he more closely represents what I believe in, which is like, everybody should have health care. Right. Right. Um, there's kind of too much of a weird disparity between classes. Yep. Uh, something needs to be done about race relations, especially with authority. Um, immigration policies have been really weird and dumb for a long time. They sure have. Um, and just like a bunch of different things that are, you know, more closely aligned with humanitarianism, I guess, than really like big political issues. Right. You know, um, I believe that like, you know, people should choose whether or not they get abortion, stuff like that. Um, where I see that's where we differ because I believe it, it should be randomized. <laughs> that's funny. It should be. A, that's really funny. That it shouldn't be anyone's choice. You, sh- you, you should spin a wheel. Next time you do stand up. I am not telling an abortion joke on stage. Well, he, but that here's the yeah. thing. Here's what's beautiful about that joke. Yeah. This is what you say on stage if you're doing that joke. Okay. You go, you go, you know, a lot of people, uh, they like to talk about the abortion issue. Should people allowed to be allowed to get abortions? Um, should women allowed, you know, get abortions if they want to? Um, I say no. Do I think that women shouldn't be allowed to get abortions? To that, I also say no. I think it should be random. And like that's yeah. where you go from. And you don't take a side. You spin a wheel, you have to solve a puzzle. Yeah, exactly. Uh, anyway, all that stuff. But what happens right now is like people are so divided. And it sucks because the media to me, everyone talks about the media as one big entity. Right. But the media is not unified in any way. No. Except for one. Yep. They want to make money. Yes. They want to get clicks and blah, blah, blah. So when someone says the left is trying to cancel Dr. Seuss, it's something that's not really true. No, it is not. And it's something that gets one side, the Republican side, riled up to be like, can you believe these people? Can you believe how crazy they are? They want to cancel Dr. Seuss. Yeah. But in response, a lot of people on the left are like, you know what? We should cancel Dr. Seuss. And they kind of like... It's weird because in the first place, I think the people on the Republican side are dumb for believing it. Right. For believing that people are canceling it when there is no evidence of that. But then I think it's dumb for people on the liberal side to say, actually, we do feel that way because they're kind of making it true. Right. Um, and, and you know, this, the, the, the problem, the source of the problem is the fact that 
it's fun to have clickbaity web uh, titles for these articles yeah. because the, the places that publish them will get people to click on them and engage with them and share them. Yep. And so even if it's not true that anyone of any sort of importance wants to cancel Mr. Potato Head or whatever. Yeah. Changing the, the brand name to Potato Head. Yes, exactly. We're going to go into that in a second. Yeah. Even if it's not true at all, if you're outraged and you share it on Facebook and two more people see it and they share it and two more people see it from that. That's what they want. It doesn't matter if it comes from a credible source. Right. So here's the thing. Mr. Potato Head. That's more of a branding thing where they were right. just like, let's just call it Potato Head. And then we'll be able to make as many different Potato Heads as we want. There's like a Spider-Man one. There's Mrs. Potato Head, obviously. Nothing to do with anything. Right. Nothing to do with Mr. Dr. Seuss. They decided to stop publishing six lesser known titles because of racial overtones. Right. Yep. They decided. Yeah, like this is the, no yeah, the, the Seuss company. Brain no trust, one's trying to family. cancel them. Yeah. No one said this has to happen or we will cancel Dr. Seuss. Right. That didn't happen. Now Pepe Le Pew, they're like, oh, we're kind of taking him out of Space Jam because yep. he's kind of a rapey character, which he clearly is. Yeah. Um, another you know, decision made behind the scenes not because people are threatening to boycott Space Jam. Not because people are going to threaten Warner Brothers in some way. All of these decisions are being made internally. Um, and the idea that they're being labeled as cancel culture is really strange to me. Um, I, but, but I think that the source of it is just, let's spread the word. Let's get clicks. Let's get people um, enraged and engaged. Oh. oh, I just made that up. Yeah, it's good. Oh, it's that's good. You should go to work for a consulting uh, company. Well, a bad one, an evil one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't expect you at a different kind of consulting company. Okay, I see. But isn't this will be after our face off? But I think it's weird that people a don't see that, and and b. Do you think it's that thing where people are excited to say "fuck those people," and so they want to say like? The liberals made them cancel Dr. Seuss. Fuck those people. I, I think people want to uh, feel like they're winning. I, I feel that a lot of people uh, on either side define themselves by what they're against rather than what they're for. Yes. And uh, and that's sad and I don't like it. Um, I, yeah, I, I feel like, and, and some people don't really feel strongly, but want to be seen as like productive members of whichever group they want to be in. And so right. there, there's there's a peer pressure, unspoken often, to be to, to meet the level of outrage of someone right. you admire in that group. So if if so you're if, 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 it's, if it's you're, like a it's like a it's an outrage contest. Yeah, a little bit. I and, and and maybe not even a contest, but the idea of like, all right, well this this person I admire in, in the news organization I trust. Yeah. Good, bad, left, right, or otherwise. Yeah. Uh they are they are, you know, 40 points upset about this issue. I should right. be at least 40 points upset. But let me let me prove I belong in this group. I'm going to be 45 points upset. Right. And uh it's 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 tribalism. Yeah. Uh which is, you know, always going to be an issue. And uh and it it's it's frustrating to to see people dying on these hills. And, you know, and, and not that, you know, not that the, the issue of uh, potato gender is like dividing families. Right. But at the same time, it's, it's, uh, it's another straw on the camel's back. The yeah, idea of fire. Yeah. Of division. Yeah. 
the idea of like, all right, you know, Thanksgiving, uh, not Thanksgiving, you, you go, you go over to your, your, your relative's house for St. Patrick's Day dinner this March. Mm-hmm. You're eating some corned beef, you got some cabbage, mm-hmm. and drinking some uh, Surge, whatever green soda you prefer, Green River, perhaps. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, you know, your, your uncle's like, ah, potatoes on my plate. Ah, that reminds me. I remember the days when potatoes could have dicks. And you're like, oh, no, not this conversation again. <laughs> and he's like, you believe that? They're making it just potato head. Or he, they're, they're not going to sell Mr. Potato, because, of course, mm-hmm. he has the facts incorrect. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they you're always like, do. You're like, excuse me, Uncle Brad. <laughs> <laughs> you in the future. I think it's just, uh, I think they're just changing the brand name from Mr. Potato Head to Potato Head. They're still going to sell all the gender accessories. You can make your potato whatever place on the gender spectrum you want. Mm-hmm. And uh, Uncle Brad just doesn't care yeah. about the facts. Right. And, and, you know, and even if you're like, oh, also, you know, potatoes, not really gendered, kind of hermaphroditic, uh, as you know, potatoes and also like yeah. the original toys were, they, they would just sell like eyes on a toothpick and you would shove them into actual potatoes. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't yeah. for years until they, they yeah. made it a plastic thing. Yeah. Um, That's because they realized they could make another five cents by selling a mustache. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Um, so, so that's that. And then he's like, well, then they're canceling Dr. Seuss. And you're like, oh, uncle Brad, please put down your surge. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the family made the decision to stop, but because of racist imagery and, and also name the six books and tell yeah. me, tell me, tell me the last time you read those books to, to little, little baby, uh, junior. <laughs> what a weird family you have. Yeah. <laughs> little baby junior. Well, it's, I mean, it's Brad junior. Yeah, it just know, goes by junior. And, uh, so, <laughs> and you know. Uh, Uncle Brad is not going to be able to do that. Yeah. But he's going to get mad and he's going to change the subject to something else. That's that's what's tough is that I've noticed when you fight with people that are in the age group and the demographic of people that are in the Republican side, they just kind of twist it. And it, it's it's like, you know, every intelligent person, every intelligent person should realize that arguing, the point of arguing is to get to a place of understanding and compromise right um and fine and, and truth truth right. is the real point of arguing right so it should be if you think i'm mad they're canceling blah 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 right and you say they're not canceling mr potato head that was a sensationalized article and they're like i don't know a lot of people said that you can say well look here's what they did here's hasbro's statement here's yep. what actually happened they're just making it potato head because yep. they have a bunch of characters it should get to the point where the guy says, okay, I understand that. I must have been misinformed. Right. And even if he has feelings like, you know, maybe not about this, but if he's like, well, they only did that because we live in a society blank, that right. can be a different conversation. Right. But the potato head thing has to be, okay, I was misinformed. This does not have to do with a group of people threatening to cancel Mr. Potato Head. Right. I want that conversation to be able to happen, but it has seemed impossible. It seems jump from this, jump to this, jump from this. Don't acknowledge this. Don't acknowledge this. And that's one of the things that's so frustrating about communicating with people who are not not part of your ideology now. Yep. But here's what I wanted to say. So those, those three things are, you know, Pepe the Pew, Mr. Potato Head and Dr. Seuss. Those three things are not part of cancel culture. By the way, were you ever entertained by a Pepe Le Pew short? Because that, to me, that character was a, a waste of time. I, I want to see, you know, Bugs and Elmer going at it. I don't want to see 
going at it like war, not like sex. <laughs> I want to see Bugs and Elmer going at it. Yes. <laughs> Wait, what? How do you say that? Is it written in a court document? <laughs> what was his? What was his undertone and his overtone? Brad, that did you say? <laughs> I, I, I never wanted to watch a Pepe Le Pew short. I wanted to see Bugs and Elmer going at it. Yes, I did say that, Your Honor. But <laughs> I did, Your Honor. But <laughs> no further questions. <laughs> You're saying it wrong, Your Honor. You're saying it wrong. <laughs> Uncle Brad, pay my bail. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, 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 You're saying it wrong, Your Honor. <laughs> you being so desperate. The uh, I, I, I never, ever, ever found Pepe Le Pew or Foghorn Leghorn entertaining. <laughs> Why not Foggy? I don't know. I, 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 and I know that's base. Oh, sorry. Well, what did he? Uh, what was his whole thing? Something about a chicken hawk? I, I, I don't I gotta know. I got to be honest. I don't know if I find Sylvester and Tweety that entertaining. Sure. I, you know, you just want to see Bugs and Elmer going at it. No, Maybe no, no, throw, no. throw in Daffy. I loved uh, Coyote and Roadrunner. Oh, yeah. I love that. Those are the best. That, those are my favorites. Yeah. Um, meep, meep. You get the whole thing. No, I... Uh, <clears throat> that was the whole thing. Just, just that was meep, pretty meep. much it. Yeah. Um, no, it's weird because I feel like I do... Not I get this. But I do think people are just very protective of anything they're used to, yeah. which is really strange to me. Um, and that's Pepe Le Pew is de- definitely one of those things. It's like how many people have ever talked to you about Pepe Le Pew? But but that's but that's almost immaterial to bring up, right? You know, um, it's just the idea is it's not cancel culture. Yeah. But here's the other thing I want to ask you about. I think that it is a new liberal ideology and like i said me and you are basically liberal people right that like saying cancel culture exists is like wrong or bad right what is is, am i right in saying that people are like cancel culture doesn't exist or something i think the term is misapplied often well it just it just was right in those three cases yeah i I think the idea people are like well it's not cancel culture it's consequence culture so that would be if i don't know a miami heat player on a video game stream uses an (laughs) anti-semitic slur uh and and because of that the miami heat cut him from the team and and they haven't done that yet but everything else happened right and uh, so that you know is that cancel culture that he he made this offensive horrible statement and he is being canceled for his idiocy see to, to me um, that this is this is what this is what i wonder right to me like let's say the team is like we don't want to be associated with someone like that whatever right you know i don't know if, to me that's not cancel culture either here's what cancel culture is to me okay someone says a random person or group of people says this celebrity or whoever sports mm-hmm. athlete whatever said something i don't like mm-hmm they don't deserve to have a job or they don't deserve to work anywhere or they, no one should be able to enjoy them. Right. That's cancel culture to me. Okay. So this, so this guy, yep. if the team just like, like how, is there a big petition that's like, we got to get him off the team. If that doesn't exist. Well, it's, it's been hours. That's that, what I mean. Well, happens, okay. Right. Okay. But if they just, if they just say like, you can't do this or, or I'll put it this way. Remember the guy that knocked out his girlfriend in the NFL? Yeah. Ray Rice. Yeah. Yes. Although that wasn't handled super well. It was not. However, they handled his uh, punishment. Yep. If it's just from within, that to me, that is not cancel culture. Right. Um, Cancel culture has to be someone on the outside kind of organizing like a, this person doesn't deserve this. This person doesn't deserve to work. This this person, no one should be able to enjoy what they do because they do bad things. Right. Right. and I'm not even saying like cancel culture. I'm using it as a term where I'm not taking a side. Right. 
Like, I'll put it this way. Let's say Ray Rice yep. knocked out his girlfriend, like, viciously. Yes, he did. Pregnant girlfriend, whatever it was. I don't think she was pregnant. Tyreek Hill is who you're she, thinking of. She put of on that. a few pounds. <laughs> you're just kidding. I don't know why. I thought there was someone that was pregnant. I'm just kidding. Yeah, Tyreek um, Hill's girlfriend. Oh, maybe that's what I yeah. got mixed up with. If someone said... He still has a job, by the way. If someone said, oh, Ray Rice, his only penalty is that he's missing uh, two games. Yeah. Was that it? Yeah, that was the original thing, yes. Right. If someone, if someone said... Oh, we're not going to support what the, who was it? The Raiders? Ravens. Ravens. Yeah. Close. Yeah. If someone said we're not going to support the Ravens, I think that is cancel culture. Right. But I think that that's okay. I'm not saying that cancel culture means something that is completely ridiculous and blown out of proportion. Right. I think that that's acceptable. I think that Harvey Weinstein, people saying no one should work with him, no one should hire him, is cancel culture okay. and it's appropriate. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I get where you're coming from. But I think that you're not supposed to say the term cancel culture. Yeah, I think people are, you're supposed to say consequence culture. Uh, the idea of if somebody says something hateful or hurtful or, or whatever, right. and then deals with the fallout from their actions. So right. Chuck Staten is is put on, you know, media trial yes. for one of his many views. How about this? I just said that that girl was uh, put on a few pounds yeah. as a joke and, and because so, I missed her up with a pregnant woman. Right. And so somebody's like, you know what? No. Uh, I, I'm offended by what Chuck said. Can you believe what Chuck said? We should make sure that, uh, we should boycott the sponsors of the Chuck and Brad podcast. Please don't do that. Right. Uh, yeah. And, uh, we should, we should do what we can so that Chuck and Brad can't record ever again. Now, you know, are you dealing with the consequences of your, uh, joke or are people like, and it's weird because like, you know, you are kind of being, you know, quote unquote canceled right. and people are leading a boycott against you because right. of your, your, uh, <laughs> your false remembrance of which NFL star. <laughs> yeah. Which one punched, was, you know, assaulted, which, which, uh, significant other. Yeah. Uh, but here's, here's my thing though. Um, I feel like it'd be foolish to say every time anyone has ever been outraged by what a celebrity did, musician, actor, whatever, it has been appropriate to take their livelihood away, is fucking bananas. Yeah. Because this goes back, we were talking about this, it kind of starts earlier with more traditional conservative values. Who are we talking about? Amy? Amy Grant. What was that? Who, she she had been a Christian, like contemporary mm-hmm. Christian and gospel mm-hmm. musician. And she released, she's like, no, I'm going to do some secular music now. Yeah. And people, you know, Christians, like conservative Christians were like, we're done with Amy Grant. We, we're not going to listen to her anymore. We're now, gonna, what did she do gonna, that was offensive? She recorded secular music instead of Christian music. Like that she was, was like, instead of I like God, it was like, I like them all. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now, that was they, the name of her album. No. I like them all. To me... Like they did want her to, you know, they wanted people to stop supporting her. Yep. Do, wouldn't it be ridiculous to call that consequence culture? Yes. But it wouldn't I, but, be ridiculous but, but, to call it the, cancel culture. Yeah. The, the consequence uh, is due to her changing genres of music. That, and then, you know, you and I talked about uh, the chicks, formerly known as the Dixie chicks. Why, why was there no Dixie? Uh, because they they don't want to be associated with uh, the, like the... Is Artland? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about Dixie. I don't know what Dixie. If you, I don't even know what state Dixie's in. Tennessee? No, it's it's like the South is referred to as Dixie. Oh, I thought it was a place. No, I thought we was like we were making a trip to Dis- Dixie World. Well, like no, Dixie Land is oh, what you're thinking. That's of. the first one. Yeah, and it's uh, Walt had a vision. <laughs> uh, it's it's kind of Song of the South was a Walt Dixie movie. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> um, 
So they're like, oh, we don't want to be like the the South is considered to have all these, you know, anti anti uh, contemporary values. (laughs) We don't want to be associated with that anymore. We're just going to be called the chicks. But in 2001, 2002, somewhere in there, they were doing a show in England and they said, like, you know, we're from Texas. And so is the president of the United States. We're sorry. We apologize for him. Because George W. Bush had been making a lot of choices that were unpopular, to say the least, in terms of, uh, you know, bombing and uh, lying about intelligence and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And uh, the right was like, we're done with the Dixie Chicks. They're Saddam's angels. They don't deserve to live. (laughs) Saddam's angels? That's the thing that people said about What does that mean? That uh, that, uh, it was like Charlie's angels, because there's three of them. But instead of Charlie, Saddam Hussein. That because still, they still doing the cool action stuff. Uh, you know what they? they and they Saddam is like, good morning, angels. The only reason I know they were called Saddam's Actually, angels. He'd be more like, uh, yeah, go ahead and do an Iraqi accent. <laughs> Chuck cannot do an Iraqi accent, so here is an Australian accent. <laughs> <laughs> good night, angels. Good, night, angels. <laughs> good morning, Saddam. <laughs> wakey, wakey. Want some brekkie? <laughs> How's that? Terrible. Excellent. Oh. <laughs> uh, we'll ask our friend in Melbourne. Um, no, uh, Saddam, they, they did the Entertainment Weekly cover where they were uh, like oh, yeah, yeah, painted. And then so, yeah, Saddam's Angels was one of those phrases that stuck in my head. So like so they were, they were being canceled for apologizing to a foreign crowd for the president's exactly behavior so, so so they were canceled yes uh and and lost airtime and lost their livelihood and you know have made a comeback and blah 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 mm-hmm. and then i look at no effects a punk band we Ooh, really enjoy canceled. and uh they were doing a show and they made a joke about the las vegas shooting it was an insensitive joke in las vegas insensitive joke and uh, their tour support was like, no, we don't want to be associated with this. Yes. And, you know, it, it, it when, as, as people knew about it, right. they were also outraged. They were just less popular than the chicks. Yeah. Uh, so it didn't get as much crazy uh, yeah, attention. attention. So uh, there's probably some internalized misogyny there that uh, I don't have the skill to unpack. But I also think they were much less famous. Yes. By, by leaps and bounds. Right. Yeah. Um, I feel like... I feel like Green Day got in trouble uh, for doing the American Idiot Blu-ray in London because of a similar George Wash- George Bush thing. You know yeah. about that? Yeah. They were criticized for some reason. Like they were like doing it. Like someone was like doing American Idiot here is fine, but when you do it over there, it means something different. You're turning your back on your country, yeah. whatever it was. Anyway, my point is, I think cancel culture clearly exists. Yes. But that, but I don't think it's like we have to treat it like this phrase that is like cancel culture people are ridiculous. Yeah. Like, of course, it's appropriate. Harvey, Harvey Weinstein is probably the most appropriate person to point at because it's current. It's at a time when you would use the word canceled. It's at a time we use the word right. cancel culture. Um, but I, I don't, I think it's weird to, I, what, this is what I understood the argument to be. If you even use the term cancel culture, as a person who's supposed to be woke or liberal minded, right? Um, you're demeaning the cause of getting rid of toxic people, right? And acknowledging that there is a cancel culture is hurting the cause. But I that it feels really backwards and sensory to me to like be like we can't say that term, we can't even acknowledge right. it as a term. But do you feel like it's been like that? I do. I, I feel like uh, 
that it's been applied, like the idea of canceling has been applied to things that aren't really being canceled. But that's, uh, and that's, I, that's and a big I, part right. of the problem. And I, I think it has uh, Maybe that's what it is. changed the way people think about the phrase. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe people saying Mr. Potato Head canceled, Pepe Le Pew canceled, Dr. Seuss canceled. People are kind of conflating the issue, which is yeah. really like, this is an inappropriate way to dis- to talk about a company making a private decision with like, let's not acknowledge cancel culture. Yep. Because I do think that people are like, oh, if you, if you say cancel culture or you acknowledge it, you're kind of demeaning it and you're kind of on the other side. Right. But I do feel like, you know, best example, James Gunn. Yep. James Gunn, 100%. That's like people were saying, let's cancel James Gunn. Right. For a, a 10-year-old joke that he made because the joke had to do with pedophilia. Right. And it was like a, a, a concentrated effort, a campaign by people. <clears throat> right. To, to do it. And, and it might have been disingenuous yep. by those people because it was yep. mostly people on the right who were attacking James Dunn in real life because he's kind of like a left-leaning guy. Yeah. But still, that's what it was. Yeah. And it was fucking ridiculous. Calling that consequence culture, I think, is... Uh, don't you find that to be a misnomer? I do. So um, it's weird. Yeah. It's weird, too, because like I said, I'm like very liberal-leaning. Uh, you know, I try to be as woke as, as possible. But like, I, I definitely think that some things of people being like, cancel this, cancel that... Like there were there were cancel WandaVision hashtags. You see them? I did not. They used the word gypsy. Okay. Right? Yep. Because you remember that yep. Halloween episode. And she's supposed to be from Eastern Europe. Yeah. And she's not the yep. actress. So they were like cancel WandaVision. Yep. I think that's fucking ridiculous. I agree. But <laughs> I think we're not supposed to say that. <laughs> but anyways, the question is, I mean, you know, there's a question of how many people were saying that. Right. I did see. I mean, I looked at the. I looked at. I went on Twitter, saw it was trending, and read the things. Yeah. And read the explanation. By the way, I don't think she actually has those magic powers. Oh yeah. I mean, so, that's the biggest. That's the biggest. So, uh, like, if you're gonna cancel her, cancel her for not being an actual witch nexus being. Yes. Um, but I mean, I don't know. I feel. I feel really weird because, like, like I said, I'm very left leaning. I think that it's sad that people on the right are being tricked into believing that people on the left actually care about this Mr. Potato thing, right. Pepe the Pew thing. I think that overall, I think it is uh, beneficial to to websites to publish articles that are incendiary, that will make people mad, that will make people share them, that will make people talk about them. And it's unfortunate that so many people of advanced age don't have the wherewithal or understanding to see that that's what's going on. Yeah. And I, to understand, I, I, if I click this, yeah. they, they make money. They get to say to their advertisers, here's how many clicks we get. Yeah. I also, I don't think it's limited to people of advanced age. But, I think uh, it is a I, lot, though. Yeah. The idea of, uh, man, just the, I, I'm just trying to think of what's next. And the idea of like, all right, so Mr. Peanut was baby peanut. It's Mr. Peanut again, but now we're going to change it and it's going to be uh, MX peanut. <laughs> uh, it's a gender uh, non-binary conforming peanut because we, we've we've done some research. Peanuts don't have genders. They don't have genders. They don't have genders. Um, but it is tough because I, I don't want to... I don't want to get to a place and it's tough because on the podcast, we've talked about this. We don't bring up this, this much stuff like this in the no, podcast, but I don't want to get to a place where someone's like, Oh yeah, I thought it was uh let's say that someone said, I thought it was fucked up that James Gunn tweeted that joke 10 years ago. Yep. Um, I think he deserves to lose his job at Marvel. I want to be able to still be say like, no, I think that's ridiculous. Yeah. I think it's ridiculous that people 
are bringing this up. And, and like yeah. I said, again, I know that that was an attack orchestrated by people on the right mostly. Right. Um, but, but I, but I want to be able to have that dialogue about every person. Yeah. Yes. There's going to be the Cosby's and Harvey Weinstein's that are black yeah. and white monsters that deserve to be canceled, right. that deserve to say, let's all unify and say, no one should work with people that are going to do this in positions right. of power and stuff. But I also want to be able to acknowledge when something like this happens with James Gunn or a smaller thing like this WandaVision thing that I'm sure has blown over and it was a very yeah. small group of people and acknowledge that this is. It's silly to look at it that way. Yeah. Um, but I feel like we're getting to a place where we can't really even have those kind of dissenting opinions um, with people who, who, you know, uh, kind of purport to be empathetic. Okay. What do you think about that? Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I kind of agree. There's uh, basically... If you question the movement, you're not part of the movement. Yeah, I don't like that. I don't like that either. Ah, uh, it doesn't, and, it doesn't and it, seem like intelligent people would think and, that and way. And it's weird because I, I, I don't think a lot of people think that way. But I think yeah. that loud people think that way. Uh, I think a lot of people, you were talking about the whole like points thing. Yeah. Like at this many points in my movement. I think a lot of people do feel that way. And it's not about being loud. It's about being, actually maybe it is a version of loud. Yeah. About being bold. Yeah. And about being constant. Um, it's tough. It's tough because, you know, I I know I know where I stand on these issues and it's way more on the progressive side. But it's scary to get to a point where it's like we can't even have a discussion about this stuff. Right. Cancel culture doesn't exist. And if you say it exists, you're part of the other team. And it's like, no, it, it I think it exists. And sometimes it's extremely appropriate. Right. Um and sometimes we get to talk about whether or not it's appropriate. Yeah. And it's and it's tough because I think, you know, we're living in a time where it's like, yeah, the, the past four or five years are very recent in our heads. But this kind of cancel culture thing of we don't support this. No one should support this. Not like I don't like this. So I'm just going to turn my head and like something else. It goes back a long time. Right. And it's mostly over the course of history. People on the other side. Right. Saying. This is too weird. This is too... We don't support this. This is this too is, progressive. This, this is too th progressive. Th this show or this movie features... They have uh, a gay kiss. So yep. we're going to cancel... Uh, what's yep. it called? Uh, the musical show. Right? Glee. Oh, okay. Didn't Glee have a gay kiss? Uh, probably. And people were outraged about it? Uh, maybe. And people saying, don't support Glee. That's yeah. cancel culture. That's yeah. fucked up and weird. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I'm nervous. It's, it's weird too because like I said, we stay away from this stuff in the podcast usually. I don't want to ruffle feathers really. But come on. We got to be able to have conversations about these things and acknowledge that there's a big history in the other direction of us saying that's ridiculous. You can't yeah. just say you think this is over the line in some way. Right. Um, but it's, it's just it's, it's at a weird point right now. Um, but it's, it's tough. I, like I said, I think that it's appropriate sometimes to get rid of terrible people. I agree. Like Ray Rice or, you know, well, these people I mentioned. But yep. <clears throat> but sometimes I think we get to talk about it. Yeah. You know? And then sometimes it doesn't exist at all, like the three most recent examples of this right. stuff. And that's another thing where it's like, I think someone saying, I want to, you know, I can't believe that liberals want to cancel Pepe Le Pew. If your response to that is cancel culture doesn't exist, you're fighting the wrong fight. Right. Your, your argument should be no one has spoken up about this. Right. No, no one has said this. Yeah. This is an internal decision. That's you, what you should say. You know who wants to cancel Pepe Le Pew? Fans of comedy. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, that is a weird one. So what happens? It's like a girl 
A girl cat gets like a stripe on her back. Yep. And he thinks she's a skunk. Yep. And that's the best. And he wants to uh, romance her and uh, so it, it, it isn't taking no for an answer. What happens to Pepe Le Pew, though? Is it like a Wiley e. Coyote situation? I, I think he continues to fail and then maybe gets one smooch per episode. Like, mm, But does it end like, with like a big frying pan and he's flat and he's like, mon chari, or something like that? I, maybe. It's been a while. Been... I'll tell you this. French stereotype. Possibly. I'll cancel that. Yeah. Um, I wonder, though. Pepe Le Pew, yeah, I can't think of the conclusion. Although now that I think of it, does Wile E. Coyote have a conclusion, or is it just no, the same really. thing the whole yeah, time? Yeah, it's just the same thing over and over again. Mm. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, folks, uh, thank you so much for for joining with us uh, in a, a really philosophical conversation here yeah, at the I, end. Yeah, I feel bad because I feel like some people are going to be like, this piece of shit thinks cancel culture exists. I'm sorry. I think it does. We laid it out. I know. Laid out our case. Yeah. Uh, if, you, if you have opinions... Uh, Similar or, or, yeah. We're, 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 I'm okay with being convinced. Yeah, we're happy to, to discuss these things. Uh, I'm not happy. Too much conflict makes my head hurt. Uh, but Chuck loves conflict. I don't love conflict. You, I turned off all the conflict. I know. Um, but yeah, send us an email, chuckandbrad at gmail.com or find the email link through chuckandbradpodcast.com or hit us up on social media. Yeah. We gave our socials earlier. You can find us the Chuck and Brad Podcast on Facebook. Yes. If you get time, send us a review on the old uh, iTunes or whatever podcast app you listen to. Yes, please. Uh, five stars would be great be so that uh, we can game their algorithm and get in, in more ears uh, internationally. Yeah. And, uh, you know, one day recruit an Eastern European actress from a fictional country mm -hmm. to be in the Chuck and Brad extended universe. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what that would look like. Uh, but yeah, we appreciate you all. Uh, we're so glad you're here with us. Uh, thank you so much. That's all I've got. That's all I got. Deuces. Yeah.